class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 60. All right, so this week we are continuing our topic from our last session. We're going to be talking about our favorite game trailers. So these are the trailers that, uh, you know, really stuck with us through the years, the ones that got us uh, really hyped for games or just otherwise really stood out for, for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond, and I'm here with uh, my, my regular co-host. So let's just do a quick rundown of uh, everyone, please uh, give a quick introduction. Hey, I'm Sean. Uh, I'm usually here at the podcast. I'm a uh, creative director, UX director. Um, I lead the design teams at NZXT because we do PC gaming stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm excited about game trailers. Part two. All right. Hey, everybody. This is uh, James Stanley, better known as Beefy Kunuichi on Twitter. I am a storyboard artist, character designer, comic book artist, writer. Uh, we do a little bit of work in games. Uh, someone who grew up in arcades and has really played a lot of video games. They've been a huge part of my life. Really excited to talk about trailers. Uh, they, they, they mean a lot and have a lot of impact. So um, I'm really excited to talk about some of my favorite ones. What's going, everybody? Hey, it's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. I uh, go by at Adrian Mattis on Twitter. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, international taekwondo fighter. Always great to be back with the crew and hyped to speak about our favorite trailers once again. This one's going to be another banger, so strap in, put your seatbelts on. Let's get going. Let's go. All right. All right. So, so Adam, we, we had a lot of fun talking uh, last week. This ended <laughs> up being a topic with a lot of depth. I mean, practically any game you can think of made uh, past the 90s has like trailers to go with it. So yeah, this is a very deep topic. Uh, we had a lot, a lot to discuss last week. Um, if, if you're just catching up, feel free to uh, check out uh, the one from last week to get all caught up. But uh, I thought maybe this week, uh, since uh, Sean and James were not with us last week, maybe you guys could uh, kick things off. Who, who wants to go first? Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I'll put up uh, a quarter, so to speak. Uh, right. Speaking speaking of quarters, you know, I'm obviously talking about uh, an arcade game uh, regarding uh, trailers, which I didn't think it would even have a trailer given the time it came out. But it was right on the cusp of the 2000s where games actually started to get trailers. So I'm going to go ahead and post this here in the link. But this is a classic, classic game. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time. So if that hasn't given a hint, I don't know. Okay. necessarily what will oh uh, yeah oh, that's yeah nice. yeah um so the first trailer that i'm gonna talk about is the preview trailer for capcom versus snk2 um this game means a whole lot to people not just on like a competitive front but just a casual front for people who really like fighting games like whether they're a capcom fan an snk fan and it was the second time around for this type of collaboration and it was fairly uh well received also but also when the sequel was announced like people really kind of like lost their shit because you know capcom versus snk1 was cool but you know capcom really kind of did the whole hold my beer thing and really pushed it up a notch with uh improvements to the look of the game like what you could do um new characters uh it's it's a, a beautiful game and uh one of the things about the trailers that it just embodies a particular confidence that, like, I just don't think exists any. I don't think it exists the same way anymore. 
Um, it was very unapologetically a Capcom game. <laughs> it was very just, I'm going to show you cla- like flashy 2D sprites. Uh, you know, yeah, they're using 3D polygons for like a lot of the particle effects, but you know, the trailer really like honed in on like just the coolness of like both Capcom and SNK characters. Um, they show a lot of, uh, from the intro, they actually show key art, uh, from, uh, Ikeno, uh, in the trailer. Um, you get to just see characters that you normally would never see interact with each other, like Rock versus Balrog, Hibiki versus Blanca. Um, it just looks like a very well-polished, uh, game. But one of the things that was really cool about this trailer was it's like a four minute trailer. So it's not just showing you, Hey, this game looks cool. Go play it. It's actually showing you, hey, we're showing you exactly who's coming. Like, Yoon was one of the characters that they talked about in there. Maki, Eagle. Like, they really put a big focus on the new characters in the game. And just the moment that you see them for the first time on screen, some of those sprites, it's a really cool experience. Because you're just like, wow, I never thought I would be able to see Eagle with, like, an alpha sprite. Or, like, you know, Atena yeah. from, like, SNK or Haomaru. Like, it's the first time that you're seeing... Uh, those sprites and what's cool about it is they picked the best song the classic song true love making for the character intro part of the trailer so there's a a particular vibe that you just feel where you're just excited to play the game whether you're like an old school competitive street fighter player or just somebody who likes the story of king of fighters or someone who likes the story of street fighter characters you're just looking at this you're like wow you get to do all of these things like this is so cool Um, because again I mean for people that don't remember, the first game only had two grooves, Capcom Groove and SNK Groove. Whereas this time around, it's six. So you get three from each company. Uh, three from Capcom, three from SNK. So, you know, it really upped the ante uh, in terms of what could be possible. Uh, but not only that, it looked amazing. Uh, you know, again, this is the first time you're seeing any of the UI, any of, like, the graphic design in the game. Like, all this stuff is, like, super fresh and, like, new. And it just looked like a bigger, better, cooler game. Um, you know, so I remember the first time I saw this trailer, like, I was so excited. And, I mean, I had Capcom vs. K1. I was competing in that game. And when Part 2 came out, it was like a new vigor kind of, like, grew, like, within me. And it was just ready to explode as soon as the game came out. You know, so, I don't know. Um, I don't know, like, did you guys ever see this particular trailer? Or did you just see the game in the arcades? Like, what... Like, what was your experience with, like, the first time you saw, like, oh, this game or this trailer? Dude, dude I, I remember looking at this trailer because I, I was, I mean, so, so hyped for uh, these games. I mean, the first one was such a big deal, right? Yeah. And, like, there's that whole joke about, like, oh, n- name a greater, uh, what is it, that meme about, like, the greatest crossover ever, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was this. For, for me, yeah. nothing beat the hype of uh me in the, the the last gasp of my teenage years in college like out of nowhere because this game like they they didn't really hype it up ahead of time that much it was like they, they no they teased it and then it dropped and then i mean the first game was awesome it was it was so exciting and then the second game somehow was just as hype even though it didn't have the um initial novelty of like being the first time yeah seen these guys cross over but it was still like oh my god like eagle like like a deep cut from like street fighter one exactly and, right and then like even more snk characters new ikeno art new uh kinu art 
and then um then you're like and six grooves like that's still unheard it was unheard of yeah like that was one of the things that got me yeah like that was one of the things that got me was like man like you went from two to six because one of the things that i wanted to do i was like man i want to do custom combos with snk characters like that's like a bizarre dream that i always had in my head i was like dude is everybody else like oh my god capcom characters running that's gonna be insane i'm like nah dude I want to do custom combos or SK characters because they have 300,000 moves in comparison to Capcom characters. Yeah, yeah. So, so like the variety and versatility is going to be sick. And I was just like totally blown away about like how many other things that I got to experience, like playing this game. Like, I mean, just seeing a Capcom game look that way. Cause it, like when you think about it, the only other game I can think of in terms of like visual, like graphic design, that had that kind of like punch was alpha three, you know, yeah. alpha three had the, had a very strong, uh, graphic sense to it, like stronger than any other fighting game that they had made at the time. So Capcom vs SNK two, I felt like did it in, in like a different way and like took it in a whole, a totally different direction with different color design and everything. And it was fantastic. And it was like the game almost looked too new to be, released in 2000 like it felt like it was newer than like a 2000 game outside of the fact that morgan sprite looks like what it is but like the rest of the game honestly looked super fresh and uh like really cool and it just it sparked so many different uh like conversations i remember vi was just like yeah man running and doing fireballs with ryu like you guys are not ready for it because uh (laughs) some of the top players played like the beta test and they were, like, trying stuff out. And I remember, like, Vi being like, yeah, man, I'm, like, getting a full workout doing running low medium kick into fireball. It's a different experience because we never did that. We've never been able to run with Capcom characters. So that yeah. was, like, a whole new experience. And, I mean, even if you didn't follow this game, like, competitively, there was a whole journey that a lot of people went on for, like, years. I mean, that game still gets played to this day. So uh, the trailer, to me, sort of was, like, a almost like teasing what was to come is like, no, you guys are going to love this game and you're going to play it for like a super, super long time. So uh, I really like that trailer. I like that it takes the time to briefly show you what's going on without being too cumbersome. Uh, and it's just like a very stylistic, like confident trailer. It's just like, no, this game is yeah. badass. Yeah. I, I would say this game kind of just set the standard for what I would consider to be a really good new fighting game announcement. I mean, I, outside of like uh, you, you know uh, the, you, you could take a more cinematic approach right but as far as just hyping of up the actual gameplay telling you what the game is all the different modes and stuff uh, th- this one is so good the editing is awesome uh, yeah. it shows you every single character um if you're a longtime fan you're like i cannot believe you can do this i mean just seeing like you were saying just seeing capcom characters running was mind-blowing like that that was a big deal yeah, it's such it's such a simple thing, but when you see it and it's the first time you see it, it it opens up a, the game in like a completely different way because now you can control space in a different way. And even if even outside of the competitive aspect, just seeing Ryu run with that type of determination, like the run animation yeah. for Ryu is just Ryu and Sagat's run animations are probably one of the most some of the oh. most intimidating run cycles in the game. Dude, like, Sagat's just running at you with his uh, his arms, like uh, in that guard position. Yes, <laughs> like a, a tank coming at you. It's like a oh yeah, it's like God. a tank. 
He's like a tank coming yeah. at you. It's almost like he's hinting to you. He's like, you guys don't know yet, but I'm actually top tier. Like, <laughs> I'm one of the best characters in the game. You know, and it's just like the look of that run is so cool. And then there's some that are like comical, but they fit, you know, like uh, Toto actually like hoisting up his Haikama, you know, like as he's running, um, you know, E-Honda kind of like yeah. swiftly running, like he's running to like a kid, like running to an ice cream truck. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of personality in the animations in this game and it's, it's beautiful. E-Honda I, is I not say... a character I associate with running. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would say if if you are an animator, especially if you like game animations or, or sprite art, like definitely look into the run animations in this game because those are I they might be the last original two D animations that Capcom ever did. Um, I, I, other than Ingrid from uh, Capcom Fighting Jam, yeah. This was this was this was they knew this would be their last hurrah for two D games. I, I think the director in an interview said like he just he didn't think there would be one after this. So he treated this as the final one. And it's just like every idea they had, they, they put it in the game. And they, uh, people, you know, complain about the recycled sprites sometimes, but um, they actually animated a new run cycle for every single Capcom character. Uh, and they all look great. And they're really exemplary of like, just how much you can do with a run cycle. Cause they, they all have a similar, um, I, I was studying them a while ago. I want to say they all have only like maybe like eight frames or something, but they're super efficient and they're all really different, even, even though they have to follow similar timing just to, to, to fit into the gameplay. Like, like you were saying, you get completely different personalities and, and actions depending on the character. It's, it's super good. <laughs> yeah. I, um, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, before we kind of move on is, uh, there's even though they're only like eight frames there's like a specific uniqueness and an homage to like other characters right in some of them like uh maki's run cycle is similar to guy's special move run in terms of the same shape language that she's taking up but like it's Mm. different enough that it's her own uh actual like animation so like that's when the, you she's like ninja running right she's like leaning yeah way forward, she's leaning right? super yeah. forward yeah she's leaning, she's leaning super forward and it's very similar to his run animation for his running special moves in street fighter alpha but he's not in the game but it's like his spirit is in that animation and you're just like wow like this is so cool yeah. like to take the time to make uh first of all putting maki in the game was just like that was one of my prayers answered like i was just like oh my god maki's in a fighting game oh it's over like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have fun and play this character so it's little stuff like that that adds up with like how large the roster is that all these little treats are in their animations like and even for somebody who's just an animator or a fan of like fighting games and just cool stuff in general like you can have a lot of fun just looking at how cool stuff is in this game it's it's really beautiful so so in terms of uh characters i was going to mention uh, i didn't uh ever at least at this time hadn't played the first capcom versus snk so i actually oh. saw this trailer and the thing that stuck out to me is i was like is that a rival school's character yeah and i was like i'm, I'm playing this game oh yeah, yeah. i mean Kiyosuke was definitely the character that I remember people like losing their minds about the most when they saw it in the in the trailer because there wasn't a lot of press for Capcom vs SNK two so we didn't know like who was going to be in it unless you were like following like 
you know, the little bit of news that would come out in the competitive scene, but like even people still were like, yo, Kiyosuke's in this game? Is he going to have air combos? Yeah, like it was just like so much was going on in that trailer where it's a, it, it spurred a lot of excitement. So yeah, Kiyosuke was definitely a character that people were like super hype about because it's like, dude, I can do an air combo in a in a fighting game yeah. where not everybody has them. Like yeah. that's insane, you know. So yeah, I mean, going from three D to two D to me, that's so much more novel than seeing a two D yeah. go to three D. Like I agree. Yeah, it's so cool seeing him. As a sprite, oh. yeah, it, it it's definitely like one of those things that it's like I still like remember to this day, like kind of just looking at how they took the time to translate Kiyosuke into a two D sprite, and his two D sprite was so cool. Like because I mean, Rival Schools was made at a time where like Capcom was still sort of f- confidently finding their way in three D. But, like, the art for Rival Schools looks so good. And then you looked at the 3D model, you're like, okay, this is a good representation. But, like, when you see a 2D sprite, it's like, wait, this is, like, that much closer to the coolness of the actual hand-drawn art that was done back in the day for the Rival Schools games. I don't don't know if you all get this feeling, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this this concept. I swear this is sort of related. Um, So... uh, there's a type of uh, toy that people make with either crochet or knitting called amigurumi, um, where like they basically make like little representational, like you know, small toys uh, of people or or characters or or oh. things like that. So like for instance, uh, making the Mario star is really common. But yeah, uh, I, I just wonder the the so that's something that I that's actually why I got into crocheting at all is like this I don't know this idea of being able to make like hand make a little like representation of your favorite characters like uh rachel made me a a baneling from starcraft 2 and i, oh, I, have, nice. I, I have a couple other ones but like i have uh nice. there's a couple ryu is actually a popular one there's like little ryus you can make and stuff like that and i i bring it up more just because like what richmond's talking about that whole seeing a character for some reason from 3d translated into like a lovingly crafted 2d sprite it hits the exact same like feel as amigurumi toys do to me it's just like uh it, you're enjoying it because you enjoy the character but it's not just that you're seeing a different representation of them it's like a handmade lovingly like people don't don't make an amigurumi toy you know they're not they're, they don't they're not you know they're pretty time consuming to make right but yeah some of them look pretty impressive but at the end of the day it's just like why is it that we make all these different representations of characters we love but I, there's something about the the handcrafted nature of ones that just make them so much more fun to see a, a conversion of, you know. It's it's like the difference between like going to like Steak and Shake and getting the Philly cheese steak, and then going to like a little small like <laughs> mom and pop where like you know they're making that freshly made, you know, for you. You know what I mean? Like she's back there like chopping up the meat herself. Like she's, you know, is there something about that that feels almost like precious? So. Yeah. You know, when you see that happen with, like, a 3D model being turned into, like, a 2D sprite. Like, 2D animation, man, like, it, skills required to make them, but love for the source material goes so far with that. Where, you know, the com- combination of the skill that goes into it and then showing that love for, and appreciation for that character in it, it just, it does something, man. Like, when Kiyosuke adjusts his glasses and he has his back to you, like, that's one of the coolest poses. It's one of the coolest feelings to see, man. Even to this day, even though he sucks in the game, like it's still it's, it's still it's still awesome to see like him him just being super cool. Yeah. 
Uh, Sean, you just posted the uh, the Sackboy Ryu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh, these I'm are a, great. Yeah, what, uh, some Street Fighter Amagurami toys. But, like, uh, there's a whole community that makes uh, video game-related ones. Uh, so, anyway, it's just, like I said, it's one of those things that kind of just hits the same for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, absolutely. I like upside-down spinning bird cake, Chun-Li. That's cool. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that was that was one of the trailers I wanted to post, man. So, okay. you know, let's 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 keep it moving because I could talk about this game all day. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, definitely future podcast on this game for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I just want to drop one more thing about this this trailer. Just one more quick tangent. Um, so I love how we, we touched on how art focused it is, right? They show you the the. To the uh, character illustrations for every single character in the game, and first it's like uh, you, you see the awesome Ikeno ones, then the awesome Kini ones, and then finally uh, you see the Shinkiro ones, right? But um, did you guys know that a lot of the Shinkiro oh, portraits? Yeah. Did you see that? And on Twitter, yeah. someone recently pointed out uh, um, a lot of what everyone assumed to be Shinkiro because it looks so much like his art was actually drawn by Bengus because he is the goat. <laughs> like he is Yeah. I, I mean, was just like awesome. oh. they're all amazing, but he I was, is the greatest comedian. Like and I and I shift between styles like crazy. I will, That's so nice. I will say right now, man. I will fight anybody over this. Like Bengus literally is the the, the goatest of the goat when it comes <laughs> to Capcom art. Like I've been saying this for like a long time and I try to like keep quiet about it because i know sometimes people like to rag on him and like nah bro like bengus really is that dude and it's like when i found that out i literally just jumped up from my chair like see i told you guys like not that i knew that he did that but it was just like the power of his art because i have like a very personal connection to his art because it's sort of uh an artist that introduced me to like being able to confidently like push like volume and shape uh, I, I definitely don't draw like Bengus, but at the same time, like I, I try to uh, encapsulate uh, particular feelings that his art actually does for me. Um, so, like any sort of moment where I can give Bengus extra praise, like I always do it. Um, like, like real talk, man. He liked one of my X Men drawings. I nearly cried, man. I was just like, oh my god, like oh, I was like, this is he's so the master. <laughs> I was like, he's the master, you know. So it's like getting anything out to sort of spread the word that like. Uh, Bengus is like super great. Uh, it's always appreciated. So I'm glad you actually brought that up, man. Hmm. Nice. All right, Sean, do you drop yours in? Yeah, let's go. All right, cool. Uh, so mine is is technically a teaser trailer, but I think it counts. Ooh. All the same. Okay. Uh, so pasting it. So this is, and this is actually before I worked at Ooh. Blizzard, but you know, Blizzard sometimes. Uh, but yeah. is the StarCraft II teaser trailer. Um, this came out, I want to say, uh, just to, to give people an idea. So, uh, this is the trailer, uh, which basically shows them constructing the Marine armor around Tychus. Um, and he has like a very iconic line <laughs> at the very end of it. And uh, this was, uh, I think 2009. Uh, and just like for context for everyone, like, StarCraft 1 came out in 1998, so it took them nearly 10 years to make StarCraft 2. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- this was after years of teasing StarCraft Ghost, which never came out, too. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So people oh, didn't know that. for StarCraft. The the joke when I was at Blizzard is that StarCraft Ghost is not canceled, it's just indefinitely delayed. <laughs> oh, man. man, this trailer is uh like incredibly cinematic. Like uh it feels like you're you're watching like the teaser for a movie or like a pivotal scene in the beginning of a movie. Super high production values. I mean, it still would look new uh, today. Oh, yeah. yeah. The uh, story and franchise development department at Blizzard's always been top-notch, but there's something about the, the just the way they tell stories uh, with their with their uh, launch trailers and stuff like that that always got me. Um, yeah. yeah. Even the way that this trailer is, like, presented, like, the shots that they're using, like, the way that those are boarded, like, there's such a personal like meaningful touch to what they want people to feel you know like visually like uh like i i don't play these games but like i like it when i look at these trailers like this they always make me want to play them i mean to be honest with you that's how, how i feel about the world of warcraft trailers as well like i'm just not really in mmos that much even when i worked there but every time they would do a trailer i'd be like maybe i'm into mmos maybe i want to play this game <laughs> right <laughs> it really yeah, like, this kind of stuff really does work I was just going to say that you can actively see how much effort that they've put into this just by how um, pristine like it still looks. Like This is quite an old teaser trailer, but like even by like, the standards of today, it's like I was saying last um, time that we spoke actually about one of the other trailers that I'd mentioned, just like the fidelity involved, like just how crystal clear so much of this still looks, as well as its, you know, understanding of like so many different fundamentals, just like the color, like, the light, the actual materials, and like how just seemingly perfect everything seems to look here. Like it looks really, really nice. And I'm just really, um, I'm really impressed, so to speak. It just, yeah, it's really, really cool to check out, check out this trailer because I don't play uh, StarCraft, but I kind of know what it is and I know... It's incredibly popular, but yeah, I'm just reading a couple of comments about this trailer too, and yeah, there's been a lot of hype surrounding this uh, this game for quite a long time, and I'm glad that so many people got to enjoy this trailer because it's very well uh, well crafted. Well, Little pun there yeah. for you. One thing I I also wanted to point out with this is kind of like what you're getting at with the the kind of the level of care and detail. This is also one of those things that I I think we might have talked about in the past about one thing that I really appreciate about about well designed mecha is the same as this, which is that. It would be really easy when you're creating something like a robot or a space marine. In this case, like if y'all are, I'm sure y'all are familiar with this. StarCraft Two is heavily influenced by uh, Warhammer, right? So of course, um, yeah, th that's mm -hmm. more or less where they got space marines from, which is what Tychus is being put in that armor. And I, I always just really appreciate the idea that it would be so easy to just be like, don't worry about how this robot works or how this armor fits on, and you can tell from since like. 80% of the cinematic is them putting on the armor. The artists probably did not know what the ins like when they made Space Marines in StarCraft 1 based on Warhammer, they probably didn't have to think about how does this armor fit on these people? How big are they? Like all these details, right? And so I always appreciate when people have to go in and they really make it feel like obvious. Like you're watching this and you're like, yeah, this is how Space Marine armor works. Like, yeah. Really. Um, and everything about it, just like the way that the gears move and were like the order of which it places like an exoskeleton and you see them like mount the, the shoulder pads onto the skeleton and it just kind of drops into place and clips. Like you see it, it like, uh, clip in and then like the, the, um, the boosters on the back, like fire slightly. Like there's just so much detail and planning that has to go in into figuring out how does this thing actually work <laughs> and make it make sense. 
Um, so I always appreciate that about like you know kind of mecha or mechanical types of animation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just want to say real quick um, when his armor is being put on, that definitely influenced the Iron Man movies, right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Shots of, uh, um, oh yeah, yeah totally, in the totally. earlier Iron Man movies, where uh, you know before the armor would just kind of like morph onto him, like they 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 mm -hmm. they earlier ones had scenes where, yeah, yeah, where where like it had to be put on piece by piece, and he was in that um that contraption, you know, that looks like that uh that Da Vinci <laughs> drawing of the man mm -hmm. in the circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a very that influential. Is very true. And Sean, I think you were talking about how um, how they kind of because they had to put it on piece by piece. There's more of a sense of they had to design the logic of how the armor worked. Um, I mm -hmm. think that they were actually influenced by uh, a lot of uh, real type mecha. Uh, uh, you know, so that that's the genre of mecha where like you know it it, it it's more like hard sci-fi. You're thinking of the logistics of it, and um, uh, that has its origins with uh, Kazutaka Miyatake. Uh, one of the pioneers of uh, mecha design. I think he was actually a trained industrial designer, and he was at a studio called Studio uh, New, uh, and uh, they they did designs for. Uh, they adapted uh, Starship Trooper, uh, the Heinlein novel. They 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 tried to visualize like, oh, what would that armor really look like? And they made like sort of the most realistic uh, version of it uh, in the late seventies, and it, it was super influential and um one of the things i think that they adapted from that was uh the the space marines are huge right they're they're unbelievably huge and even though this mm -hmm. guy in this clip is gigantic I and mean, he looks like he's like you know almost seven feet tall but when he puts on the armor it's not his fingers in the in the glove right he's actually his hand is in the equivalent of the forearm and then it's got controls man manipulating the hand like further down Right, uh, mm -hmm. which is yep. something that um, the first time I ever saw that in power armor was uh, St Studio News uh, 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 Starship Troopers armor. Uh, yeah, so just I, I, I think that's the, the influence there. If they had a big mecha fan on the team, which is very likely. Uh, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sure. Aware of that and design. Yeah. Blizzard has always been very heavily influenced by other things. I think they're they're pretty uh, not ashamed of it, right? That they, they take oh, a yeah, lot they're of super open, open about it, yes. Um, of course. So the only other thing I wanted to add is kind of like I said, he has this I iconic line at the end. And I, I, the reason I mentioned the time between games is, uh, again, I wasn't at Blizzard at the time, but I'm like positive that that was very intentional. He, he you know, basically it builds up. There's, there's really just the music and sound, right? It, and it builds up to the point where he steps out. And then right before, like, it shows kind of him facing forward with a cigar in his mouth. And he's like, hell, it's about time. Like, Literally being like, it's been 10 years <laughs> since StarCraft came right. out. <laughs> um, so I, I was like, um, you can find reaction videos also of the re the reveal of this trailer. Yeah, at, people would uh, love that. game show that they put it at. Like, honestly, you can find reactions of a lot of uh, different trailers like that. But this one, like, you can hear the energy and the excitement in the room. Like, when he says that, like, everyone erupts. Like, uh, and of course, like, and then it kind of closes and has that, like, iconic orange... Uh, kind of hue on the on the the front of the the visor, right? Um, so anyway, mm -hmm. it's, uh, one of those things that when we talk about like game teasers or trailers, um, this one just kind of stuck in my mind, just because of. I also um, not just I, I think there's other companies that do it, but one thing that I think Blizzard always did really well is 
that, that I, I appreciate Charles this is that they spend a lot of time building up within a trailer like the, I mean the trailer is like oh, yeah. three or four minutes long and and I'm like they could like to the, the point about like Iron Man right like they could have just brushed over this stuff but they really are trying to build anticipation um, and they, they do it in uh, even the, the latest trailer that just came out for World of Warcraft uh, Dragonflight which is also a very cool trailer by the same the same probably some of the same 3d artists that work on this like it's a it's a very slow build they do a lot of storytelling and they allow moments that are quiet to breathe um yeah uh and and i i think that a lot of trailers just try to get jump into the action hit you with all these different things which uh this trailer does near the end of it but i really felt that they were the masters of this teaser because they really do let you absorb what's going on and get excited and try to figure out what's going on and i think that that really builds up to like a catharsis of how the the teaser actually like lands right yeah i i love the slow buildup and then the fact that it, it's interesting every single shot is is interesting and builds on you know your, your excitement and your knowledge of the world and the characters it's super cool <laughs> Do you feel like uh, the the way the character looks in this doesn't that kind of remind you of Street Fighter Six? Just... Kind of. With how, how like, wide they are, like, yes, that's definitely yeah. a thing. Like they're just they've a, got absolutely sort of massive to their shoulders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think also just the the sense of the underlying muscles. Like I, I think Blizzard was the first, well, one of the first to really push. Like uh, you know, like a, a lot of early three D, like like even during the aughts, a lot of it still felt a bit hollow underneath. Whereas Blizzard is like, oh, it's it's like if, if you cut anything, there's stuff underneath, right? Like everything felt like it was just really full. You could see all the muscles undulating under the skin. You could see all the mechanical parts kind of like get a sense of their movement underneath the armor, you know, like just everything's moving. I, I'm almost positive we mentioned on a podcast before, but Richard, this, this makes me feel the need to bring up the Paul Hudson cat uh, project that was uh, infamous at SCAD, where you had to oh. lay, on, lay on the muscles underneath it, uh, you know, like like really learn the structure underneath of what you're creating. I don't know. I think it's actually um, when I was teaching a lot of designers to do icon design, uh, I and I, I kind of banned them from tracing uh, reference images. Uh, basically, it was the same kind of idea. Like you need to learn the underlying structure in order for your art to look really show it. Like you know, if you just, if you don't really, and also like, if you don't understand what's underneath the shape that you're drawing, then you can't rotate it in space. Like, I, I can't be like, oh yeah, that, that should look better at a three-fourths angle. You'd be like, oh, well, I have to go find reference. It's like, well, no, if you take the time to really understand what is underneath the form that you're showing, I think that you get a better understanding of how to articulate it um, with mm -hmm. shape and line and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to mention as well, just very briefly, that um, obviously we already have spoken about this before too. But yeah, with those big sort of like huge shoulders, big pauldrons, massive arms, forearms, really chunky thighs, huge, really very thick armor that looks like, as Richmond said, if you did like a cross section of it, it'd just be so full of detail and muscle, sinew, just all different types of mechanisms. But it just gives me those huge, you know, 2080 vibes, you know, just like the giant Judge Dread pauldrons with the, like the, um, the eagles on, like the huge guns, all that stuff as well. Oh, you just put that into. You should you should mention some of that stuff. But yeah, like it's all of those giant, really heavy, the heaviest of heavies. You know, like those huge six foot, seven foot, eight foot 
characters with just these massive guns, the thickest, most chunky legs possible. Yeah, like they just look like walking, you know, armories. It's, it's amazing. Oh, I uh, I already kind of mentioned. I was just putting some photos in of uh, Space Marines from Warhammer. Mm -hmm. Just um, it, it's interesting how like you can really see the the references and uh, you can see the influence, but also they they are very different. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was gonna point this out. Like, I, I guess people can't see it, but like something that I always really liked about Warhammer, uh, Space Marine and Marine designs. Like, other than they have this kind of like religious undertone to the way that they work, but also uh, part of how they they um, reinforce that with the design is that a lot of the Space Marines have cloth elements that are part of their otherwise very like <laughs> metal and mechanical armor. And I don't know. I always thought it really did a good job of bringing in that idea of like the religious crusade that's kind of underneath the uh the story of what space marines are and stuff like that so there's a lot of different designs of them uh that have like capes and uh, cloths and whatever i don't know i just thought that was really iconic of the warhammer designs yeah, it does add a, a different uh element to the design it, it, it you know for me like i warhammer Things like that have always been like in a peripheral for me. Like I've always seen other people sort of enjoy them and talk about them. But uh, just looking at, you know, these designs uh, by having the cloth over them, it gives them a more like intriguing element that I wouldn't expect really. Um, it kind of reminds me of the same feeling I had when I saw the uh, Escaflone opening and I saw the mechs with capes and I was like, oh my God, like I didn't know how much I needed that in my life. Like that is like a like a really cool visual, like aesthetic touch that uh, just sort of adds to an already very strong, powerful silhouette. Um, and you wouldn't think to, that would be something that would add to it, but it actually does. And I, I really appreciate it. It looks really amazing. So, uh, you know, I'm always a person that wants to give respect and kudos to uh, design elements that are incredible. And I feel like, uh, you know, Warhammer and things within that ilk definitely uh strike a chord where you're just like man like this commands your attention so i'm definitely feeling that from what what i what i see hell yeah oh md geist of oh, richmond you're you're a man after my own heart uh that that yeah it does give that kind of energy that kind of uh that vibe um md geist is like a classic uh, anime and it has very similar design sensibilities uh, in its own way and I can see how there's like a like a bit of a full circle happening in terms of like certain design touches that were uh, in that anime production and also in, in some of the stuff that we're looking at here. I don't know much about MD guys. Can someone educate me? <laughs> oh man. So <laughs> MD Geist is uh, it's a very old animation production that was actually done by like a bunch of like animation, like first timers mostly, uh, production wise. Um, and they were just basically like, we want to make a futuristic, like apocalyptic, like mech anime with uh, Mad Max vibes, uh, Hokuto no Ken vibes in terms of like, uh, I guess like background designs and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like it's basically this guy, the most dangerous geist. Uh, <laughs> and he basically just sort of is a mercenary. And, uh, the, the, I guess the, the sensibility of it is like, it comes from an era of anime that a lot of people in America sort of resonate with from like the late nine, like mid to late nineties. 
Um, so there's a lot that harkens back to like 80s anime with it. Um, it's, it's beautifully animated um, and it's a pretty dark, morbid story. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, if, if you ever have the time that, where you can even find it, because I don't think you, you can stream it anywhere right now, I'm not really sure. Um, but it's definitely worth looking at if you are into uh, experiencing a lot of like the older uh, classic anime about, oh, I'm sorry, not Most Dangerous Geists. Well, I think in the US they called it that, but it's the MD stands for Most Dangerous uh, Soldier, I guess. Uh, so, but yeah, I think they were, it was about, uh, a guy that was placed in suspended animation and then, uh, it crashed onto, uh, planet Jera and basically it, it awakens uh, into another war that's on that planet. Um, it's got very interesting, uh, designs that are actually akin to some of the stuff you're seeing in Warhammer. Um, but you should definitely check it out. It's, it's, it reeks of old school anime. <laughs> Awesome. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love to see it. All right, all right, all right. Richmond, who's going next? Do you, do you want the next one? Oh, sorry. I, I was. Um, I, I just wanted to point out about MD Geist. It came out in uh, 1986, and um, a year later, uh, the first Space Marines appeared in Rogue Trader in 1987. So MD Geist, I think, was a pretty direct influence on them, uh, uh, along with the 2000 AD, of course. But um, uh, MD Geist was marketed in the West uh, as Thunder Warrior. And then uh, one of the first Space Marine chapters that they had were the Thunder Warriors. So I think uh, that was sort of a call out to the, the roots there. Uh, yeah. OK. Anyway. <laughs> OK, OK. All right, all right, are we moving on? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's get it. OK, OK, OK. All right, all right. I'm, I'm really excited. Go about this trailer. I almost feel like it's cheating for me to use this trailer because it is uh, <laughs> it's so good. And oh. It is so classic. Right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. This is yeah. cool. So uh, my, <sighs> one of my all-time favorite trailers is the trailer for Berserk uh, for PS2. Uh, it's done uh, developed by Ukes who are low-key one of the best developers. They're, they're mostly famous for doing wrestling games. I think for a while they did the WWE wrestling games, the official ones. Um, but once in a while, they'll break away and just make like an amazing game. And so they, they made the, uh, the, the Berserk game for Dreamcast, which I loved, and then followed it up with the PS2 game, which is, in my opinion, one of the best action games ever made. And it's the trailer just gets you so hyped because it is... Uh, it is just such a amazing manifestation of Berserk, just the the one of the most lovely comics ever, and and oh gosh, like it starts up, you see the logo, and you hear the Susumu Hirasawa music kick up, some flames envelop the screen, and then right away, you don't even see guts slashing, you see the aftermath, you see blood splurting, and just a, a troll's yeah. head rolling through the air in slow motion, and then the music is just, it gets you so hyped in a way that only the combination of, um, you know, of, of, of Kentaro Miura's uh, world and Susumu Hirasawa's music, like it's such a perfect pairing. And then uh, most of the trailer is actually clips from the game, which is uh, pretty, pretty noteworthy because like by this time, you know, uh, pre-rendered CG was pretty common. Um, but this just got you hyped for the game through just clips of the game itself. And 
just how well they they translated Mira's art into 3D and just ah the movement and the just the music and the, the way the visuals match up it's such a treat because it this was also um I think this is probably the consensus era where like every fan of Berserk was still like in love with the series I think Mm-hmm. A little bit after this, in the in the um, the the new uh, world, cre- well, I don't want to spoil too much if people haven't read Berserk, but uh, w- when it gets more into high fantasy, a lot of the people who loved the dark fantasy aspect of it maybe got disillusioned with it. I I, I continued to love the series as it evolved, but um, this came out at just oh gosh, the height of Berserk fandom. Everyone, I think, all fans were still totally uh, uh, on on board and. It's so full of just fan service call outs to the comic, call outs to like, yeah, you know, where it was at that time, right? And then call outs to like where uh, the, the, the past, right? Everything, all the iconic events leading up to that. The, the, you got the eclipse, uh, you got mm-hmm. uh, little glimpses of the golden age, you know, and then of course, uh, uh, most of it is in the present where the series was, where uh, Guts is sort of slowly reforming a new group and he, you get to see like Serpico and Isidro and um, it, it, I just love this trailer, man. <laughs> it just gets me so hyped for Berserk and just to play this game. And it, it was a great game. It was an awesome game. One of the other things I thought was really interesting about this trailer was uh, something you were pointing out was, you know, at this time, people definitely have started to lean towards just using like pre-rendered uh you know, CG for, for trailers, you know, a lot of times people were like, Oh, let's show them the coolest thing that they can possibly see. And then there's also that it would come with this sort of feeling like once you get the game, you're like, Oh, well it doesn't look as good as the trailer, but it's cool. But in this case, like they actually showed like real time, like graphics, like what you would actually be playing in the game and did it in such a way that was very confident and just beautiful. Uh, which I sort of miss, you know, like I like when, um, a trailer actually shows me what I'm actually getting as opposed to like an implication of what's to come. Like I like being able to see that, you know, developers are like, no, I'm confident in what this game actually looks like and what it feels like. And for people that are fans of Berserk, it's like because of how it's cut and because of how it's shown, it's like you can't help but get excited about, uh, you know, this game, especially for where Berserk was at at the time with the manga. You know, it seemed to really fully embrace like all of like the goodness and all the things that they knew fans would be happy to see. And I feel like they just kind of threw that into the trailer uh, in specific areas uh, in a way that would just increase the hype as you were watching it. So uh, definitely an amazing trailer. Uh, You know, I actually had that on my list. I was going to bring that up. So it's it's cool. It's cool that like you, you actually, you know, brought it up because, uh, I mean, there's never not a time to, uh, sing the praises of everything berserk. So yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite trailers as well. Absolutely. You know, they, they do a really good job as Rich mentioned. It's not just, uh, including like gameplay cutscenes, but they actually intersperse the actual gameplay. Um, just kind of re- reinforcing the fantasy of just being guts, like mowing through people with a yeah. giant sword. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was also going to mention, I actually have a running playlist that's all Hirasawa songs. Like, is there something about the the way he writes music that just, like, it gets you it gets you hyped and, like, ready to <laughs> do stuff? And to your point, like, the pairing of it with the imagery 
uh, there, you basically can't help it. There's, there's just an immediate visceral reaction to, uh, to that feel. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just want to mention yeah. again as well, like all of the facial, um, animation like some of the modeling like the blinking the, the turning of faces the way light is cast and how it's rendered on the face like everyone looks great in this like casco looks great griffith looks cool like just so many characters and like just the ways in which they've been so you know faithfully adapted into this uh into, this, into these 3d forms like they, they look really really good like they look really really good it's quite interesting considering again how long ago this came out but on top of that i'm very very impressed by just the um the level not just like of detail but like the compositions just like so many different and interesting angles so many really cool shots so many you know characters they're, they're turning they're speaking to each other you're seeing them do different things you've got members of uh, the god hand for example casting out the brand and putting it on people like you've got all these different cool moments that you know occur within the story but like they're shot in such like intriguing ways like you've got people like looking down at the camera people looking just above people just turning and rotating in such interesting fashions and i really enjoy that just the way that they've taken characters which so many people kind of you know will know but they're sort of like posited them as if they're kind of like in a you know like a blockbuster movie you know like they're not just all stood there talking it's like a flat plane and like you know being like oh we're gonna do like the bad thing like no it's really interestingly shot and it's edited very well too yeah really good stuff oh man yeah glad glad you enjoyed it yeah yeah the angles are super good there's just a lot of variety and it's and uh, it's not at all action it's not all violence like there, there's a, just like this very sweet shot of uh guts casca holding each other she's just got her hand on his face it's like a very tender shot it it, it and that, that's towards the end, right? It, it, you see that, you see, and then you see him walking away. It reminds you, like, oh yeah, this is like, this is why he fights. Like, you know, there there yeah. are occasional good moments in their lives. Absolutely. Gosh, this is so awesome. I'm really glad that you picked this because I've not um, I've not read anything berserk related in quite some time. I've been thinking about getting back into it. I read, I spoke to Richmond about it too, like a while ago. But like, I used to read this quite feverishly obviously and that was like i really need to yeah. finish off this story <clears throat> but yeah like I've, i'm definitely gonna get back into that because it's such an epic um tale and it's been it had been going on for so long and yeah i really just uh i'm glad that you put this in because i'm really just you know feeling the hype again for that that's cool yeah all right I, nice I to just, hear well one thing i wanted to mention is like it's really highlight so the um the ending shot of the trailer where like kind of Guts is just like, it, it, it's almost like a, a tilted like French angle to some degree. He's like walking away from the camera and it puts just like the logo in red over the top of it. Like as the the music plays off. I don't know. It's, I feel like it, it nails every, to your point, it nails everything about the feel of Berserk. <laughs> and yeah. uh, th this is, uh, especially the trailer we're looking at is it doesn't have, uh, it's not the English logo, which uh, is good. The, the, uh, <laughs> the non-English logos are all superior. <laughs> And it's just everything about the composition like just feels really well contained the the red against like a really it's like a very um desaturated scene but i think it makes the the logo really like yeah, really, really pops. looks good it really stands out yeah mm. it feels it feels reminiscent of an old katsu production for yeah, like yeah. uh ogre no kami like like a no wolf and cub like chambara movie like uh yeah it felt like baby cart in in hell like when he was fighting in the snow the way that they would show the title that way it had that it had a similar impact uh when i 
when I saw that. And I really appreciate it. I was like, man, like this feels comforting in, in some particular way. But yeah, Katsu Production was very famous for uh, creating backgrounds that would support a very like stark, uh, like deep saturated red uh, for the logo. Um, they've done it in Lone Wolf and Cub films, uh, Shirahiki Hime, uh, known as Lady Snowblood. Uh, it's been something that's common. So like being somebody who's seen a lot of those films, like when I saw that at the end, I was like, oh man, why does this feel so comforting to me? I was like, why does yeah. this feel, Very it feels so, yeah, it feels super appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think cool. um, the, the trailer I posted is from the uh, Korean uh, uh, promo. For the yeah. Movie. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't find the original Japanese. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the way the Hangul is positioned uh, still takes up the same uh, space and provides that same impact. So it's, it's yeah, interesting yeah, totally. seeing it uh, in, in Hangul. Uh, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it's still uh, uh, brush art, you know, it's still a, a yeah. East Asian style brush art and just stark red. And yeah. And just guts. You yeah. don't even see his face. That's the soul of Berserk, right? Just he's still, exactly. still marching forward, right? It's yeah, I mean, it's it's also interesting because uh, Hangul is very uh, strong looking in terms of like the characters of Hangul. So oh, yeah. it's very similar to Katakana, which is very simple, very bold. Uh, so it sort of takes up that space in a similar way. Uh, so it's kind of neat to see how that was able to be uh, translated. Like, God, I want to play this game now. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just want to say one more thing about this game. Did did you know that it actually uh, did not sell very well uh, in Japan? And do you, do you know why? Wow. No. Oh, why? The reason it did not sell well is that it was hit with the dreaded, yes, the dreaded zero-rated Z only for adults. Oh, oh so, no, yeah. Yeah, so in Japan, they're, they're actually weirdly, as far as video games are concerned, um, they uh, care a lot more about violence. So, uh, you know, uh, if, if a game has a, a very realistic violence, it, it gets slapped with adults only. And I don't mean like rated R. It's not like the same as like, oh, you know, 18 plus MA in, a, in, in, in the West, yeah, in America or uh, whatever, uh, uh, Peggy 18, right? Like you, you could still be like a high schooler and buy that. Right, but yeah, the 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 zero eighteen in Japan that meant it was the same as pornography, and that it could not be displayed with the regular games. You had to ask for it. You had to be like, "Oh, hey, do you have this game?" And then they would have to go behind the counter and bring it out. <laughs> so it was not actually on display. People couldn't walk wow. into a store. Casual fans did not even know this game came out. You know, you you had to like read magazines and be a hardcore gamer to even know to get it. So. Unfortunately, that really like uh, torpedoed uh, the game's success. It's, yeah, it's basically it's, the it's equivalent of the uh, of uh, AO and ESRB. Like to your to your point, it's kind of a death yeah, sentence yeah, yeah. for sales because yeah. most stores won't carry it. Yep, not not MA. It was like AO. Yeah. AO. Yep. The yeah. <laughs> the oh, well, most people are okay with mature, right, or the the, the whatever. Yeah, but yeah. 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 Uh, most people, I, I think there, when I was a kid, there used to be a joke that it was like rated X. I don't know if that was a thing that ever actually happened or if it was just oh, a thing that kids talked about, but um, it was like, yeah, you would I talk don't... about these ratings. It's just kind of like a, it was so taboo to have them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, X is the same as NC-17, uh, which, you know, like right. some art films got that. 
And then actually, the only film to ever get it for violence, or the first film, was uh, The Street Fighter, starring Sonny Jiba. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because yep. it had those, uh, those x-ray Awful. scenes where, like, it would... It would cut to like someone's skull cracking and then blood would just yeah. gush out of their, their head. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because I, I found what's yeah, always yeah, been, yeah. been really strange about, I don't know, uh, rating like this is that to, to your point, Richmond, at least in uh, America, no one seems to care as much about violence as they do about sex. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's very weird to me to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they rated this game because of violence. And I was like, oh, it's kind of far for the course. Or, <laughs> like, yeah, you can you can have you can have someone, you know, getting killed pretty brutally, but don't don't show a nipple, you know, that's yeah. not how American rating works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the even weirder thing, yeah, the weirder thing to me, though, on top of that is in Japan, as far as manga is concerned, you can get away with a lot. And that that's like very accessible you know like there's more violent there's stuff as violent as this game in like shonen jump and they sell that to kids so it's just funny that they would give it an adults only rating like that for for the video game yeah i i also feel the need to remind people that this game was published by sammy oh was it yeah Mm -hmm. yep were they sega sammy or was it just sammy oh it's just sammy you're right it's just straight up sammy oh Wow. Wow, very cool. All right, let's move on. So, Adam, what do you, what do you got for us? Okay, so, right. We've had a bunch of different games here, but what I'm about to put in is a game which none of us played because it never even actually came out. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, no, I had this Prey one. Too. Oh, <laughs> Guess man. what? I doinked it. That's it. So I'm talking about Prey 2. Yeah, I had to do it to you. I'm sorry, Sean, but you know. <laughs> I'm borrowing the brain cells for the afternoon, if you don't mind. I'll just yoink him. But yeah, you know like, what? I, I, had, was... I had the chance and I chose StarCraft 2. It's my fault. I know. You see, you got to be in it to win it, brother. You got, you got to, you got to be in there. But yeah, so Prey Two was a cancelled first-person shooter video game, and obviously it was being worked on and published by, uh, sorry, Bethesda Softworks and stuff. It was going to be really, really cool. Human Head Studios were also on that too, and it was going to be amazing. There are so many different areas of the singular trailer that got people hyped to a level which is kind of not unforeseen, but it was just all people talked about for a very, very long period of time. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone here does actually remember like, when this did, when this did uh, come out and stuff, but this was from the E3 of 2011 when this was first shown, and I was going wild. I started watching E3 around 2009, 2010, I believe, something like that. But that was when games started to really, you know, appear on my sort of like life radar, so to speak. But back when in 2011, back in 2011, when I first saw this, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, like." This is like the next, uh, like the next level of like not just games, but like of trailers and of advertisements for games. And I was very just intrigued and just mind blown. So I'm gonna just go through a play by play, if you will, of the cinematic trailer itself. But it starts off. Uh, obviously, off the off of the black fade, and we see the Bethesda Softworks presents logo, just beautiful in this bright electric blue with a sort of really cool lens flare coming off the left side of it. And then you see this hand that's reaching out of the darkness, out of the dust. It picks up this sort of very, gle- very uh, round, sleek, gleaming, looks like a like a sheriff's badge of sorts, right? Like you like you give to an old timey police officer in the U.S. And all of a sudden, they're in this really sort of burnt. Uh, sort of looks like a crash site, like like a like a, like a crash, um, like an airplane or like a some kind of spacecraft uh, crash site. Everything's burning. There's debris everywhere. But also in the background of this crash, you can see what looks to be Earth, 
And it seems as if you're on the moon or something because the Earth is relatively close, but it's still very far away. It's a huge, you know, big blue marble that we live on. But yeah, like it's just in the background, like a blurry Earth. It's like, what? Where am I? What's going on here? And then you look up, you see a clearer picture. And yeah, there's no mistake in it. That's the big blue rock. It's terra firma. That's Earth right there. So it's like, what's happening? Why are we outside of the Earth's atmosphere? Why are we on a different planet? What's going on? You turn and we get knocked out instantly by a big dude with a gun. He hits you in the face with the barrel and the screen fades to black once more. You've just been KO'd by some random uh, alien. It's in, yeah, just very, very strange. You see a Human Head Studios production logo again. And then, absolutely in the coolest fashion, <laughs> as we're looking at a literal deputy's badge, Rusty Cage by Johnny Cash starts playing. If that's not a one of the one of those perfect songs for a sort of like deputy outlaw or running gunning type shooting game, that this is a perfect song choice in my uh, opinion. I think it kind of uh, encapsulates this uh, rogue. Um, the this what's a better way to put it? it? It's a badass sort of like uh, rogue like mercenary type guy, but at the same time you sort of uh, you catching. These, uh, these bad uh, these bad guy aliens who are essentially trying to just like escape from you and you have to chase them throughout different areas of this large futuristic cityscape but you start off looking at your badge and then you sort of give it like a bit of a rub a bit of a throw and you sort of put it it sticks to your body you're picking up some guns you're picking up some gravity weapons which you get to use later on one thing which always amazed me about this was again you get to see the kind of like tools of the trade which he's about to utilize but they look so so futuristic they've got such interesting and like sort of hyper detailed designs to them everything seems to have like segments on segments on segments which at the time i just thought was just so cool like i thought it was really interesting that like instead of just like a singular shoe it's just like no everyone here they wear like these boots with like four different plates on and then like extra segments that wrap over on the side and then like this little like light blue um sort of like tech tech plates which you can like press and like they'll do different things and yeah it's really interesting just to have a look at how they incorporated futuristic uh fashion but also they did that in the term in 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 um they, they they were able to mix and like mash and like just merge together these areas of like both fashion and like technology and then also like practicality and use as well it's kind of interesting because that's another thing which i'd love to speak about on another episode just like fashion like in games and how that sort of serves the player serves different worlds all different stuff but they this in in this game in this uh, trailer it's very specific like just the way that everything kind of like clicks and folds together it reminds me of the self-tying laces from like back to the future type stuff it's like that kind of like <laughs> oh yeah. wow it's just like weird like you know so so ergonomic in design the way it clicks together it's it's nice but um yeah, like this this trailer, it's just really, really cool. You get so many different interesting shots as well. Just you get these beautiful sweeping cityscape shots of just absolute mass um <laughs> the, 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 this mass uh, overgrowth if you will of technology right this it's again it's what we what we would consider to be kind of like cheesy now looking back at this almost like what just over 10 years ago now but like when i first saw this like it's this was one of the first times that i in my you know life had seen something so well put together in this uh, in this futuristic sort of like cyberpunk cyberscape future that was being you know posited towards me I, i'd never seen something like this put to put together so well so it was just really really clear in my mind i was like wow it's like a huge like you know it's a huge next step for for trailers and for for technology and games but yeah the the basic premise of this i won't go on too much longer but the basic premise of this is you're chasing a bunch of bad guys around town you're chasing a bunch of people 
and you have to, in essence, like capture them. You're a bounty hunter, in essence, and you've got to sort of, you know, act as a predator and stalk your stalk your prey. So, yeah, one of the coolest moments, though, from the earliest start of the trailer, it's about 45 seconds in, there's a look, there's a part where, like, the camera in, like, in a first-person aspect, like, it looks down, and then, like, you realise that, oh, my gosh, like, we're about to jump down here. We're about to, we're about to do, a, do a big old jump. And then the person like they, they step they step off of the off of a platform and then as they're falling the the camera switches and you can see them you can see the the character that just took this big jump fall and you see all of these things like flash behind them you see like these big sort of like tech um like holographic billboards you see like the nights the night sky in the background you see all of these different buildings falling it's so cool and then also there's a small like flash a brief like flash of um light from underneath the soles of the feet what are these? These are like again, a kind of bit of like an Iron Man type deal. These are like jet shoes that like just that the guy attached to his feet. So that's why they clicked on and like you know like wrapped around his like the bottoms of the soles of his feet. So they get out, they they blast this like huge white, almost like a like a like a white hot burst of like energy and air that just like erupts from the bottom of the soles of this person's feet. And then yeah, that allows for them to just like do the the quintessential you know the, the superhero knee drop landing as a Deadpool would say you know. Like the, the the superhero fall that just encapsulates what it is that you're about to get to doing. You're about to get to catching the bad guys, and yeah, you you just end up chasing these people throughout this uh, cityscape, and it's just a blast. Just how kinetic it is, how dynamic all the shots are, just the way that everything's sort of like bathed in this sort of like teal, neon, greenish, bluish light that I think just sort of perfectly encapsulates that high tech feel, especially of the time. I really enjoyed this, and this yeah, just a, what what do you guys think? I won't harp on it for too long, but it's one of my favorites. But yeah. I was gonna say yeah, the three-point landing. Uh, I, I was also gonna add like I, I don't I don't actually think it looks cheesy. I think it really holds up well. I'm actually oh yeah, this, totally. This game is is on the top of my list of things that I am legitimately sad never actually got made. Um, even yeah. though I've never, <clears throat> even though we worked on it, I was never that huge of a fan of the Prey franchise. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Sean and I have some history with Prey. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we oh, yeah. worked oh, yeah. on a couple of Prey games. Uh, but yeah. but I just wanted to add, like you mentioned the music choice and just the the kind of the the approach of this. I don't know for me like the combination of like space and western is one of my favorites. That's why I like, love Firefly so much. It's uh, why like Starcraft actually uses a very similar kind of vibe. This whole like uh, I, mean, I mean we could probably trace it all, all the way back to things like Cowboy Bebop. That whole like Absolutely. cowboy yeah. like that kind yeah. of stuff. Just yeah, I love Outlaw it. Star, all that. Oh yeah, Outlaw yeah. Star. Yeah, yeah, so good. Oh yeah, yeah, Galaxy Express, right? Like the mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm just so shocked that this game got canceled because it looks so cool. Like, uh, like 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 Sean mentioned. Like I mean, we worked on the uh, uh, mobile version of the, the the first Prey way back in the day. It was a cool game. It had like the the portal gun. Uh, did it have the portal gun before Portal? It kind of did, didn't it? I don't know if the it, it used portals up. in a similar way. It definitely, yeah, definitely used portals in pretty interesting ways because it wasn't just a portal gun. It had like um, different surfaces that were like able to make portals and stuff. It was, yeah. Uh, it's actually if you all yeah. played um, Splitgate, it's it's got it had a very similar kind of approach to portals that Splitgate does, um, mm. but obviously years and years and years ago. So yeah. yeah. But I, I just want to say, like, the, the trailer really sells you on the concept. Like, the concept is obviously so cool, right? right? Like, you're a future bounty hunter. You're hunting aliens using cool tech. Maybe the aliens have, like, weird abilities, too. Uh, it, 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 
almost feels like you know star wars like you, you like you're walking into that that cantina right like you yeah it's, you're you're in this alien world and it's um yeah i i I've heard, it's it's a bummer that this game never came out like dude, why was it canceled because it looked super cool like why why what happened any ideas I'm okay, sure there's so, a story somewhere on okay. it. <laughs> no, go, no, go ahead. That, that there is. So basically, what what occurred was um, somebody important working on this game. They basically said it was a game that we believed in, but we never felt it got to where it needed to be. We never saw a path to success if we finished it. It wasn't up to our quality standard, and we decided to cancel it. It's no longer in development. That they said they're saying that it wasn't an easy decision, but it's one that wow. like wouldn't surprise many of the folks, given that they hadn't been talking about it for a while. But yeah, so there was just that big announcement in a, a Pax Australia in. October 2014 and it just in essence remained to be like a, a quality issue I guess it they just really seemed as if it wouldn't have been up to scratch and they would and they didn't want to you know put out a product which you know they didn't feel uh, proud of particularly which is odd considering that again um there was like gameplay of this uh, of, of the project that was like out there like I remember I've seen a couple of videos of like Prey 2 like actual like gameplay like I'll try and find some mm-hmm. now but yeah like it does exist like in the world but yeah I guess that they just you know if you don't feel good about something you don't feel good about it and that's one of these you know hard decisions which uh has to be made i think when you've uh, when you've really sort of worked so hard on something but you've realized that it's not going to come out as you want i guess it's just it's better to cut the losses sometimes yeah oh yeah uh, yeah, I totally it's a, it. yeah. yeah it's a real shame because i mean as somebody who rarely plays like a game that's rooted in like fps uh the way that this world was introduced the way that the aesthetics sort of came together uh, implications of how immersive like the UI and UX would be. I was really interested in giving something like this a try because it felt so polished. Uh, it felt so just like this is rare and ready to go. This we we're, we're confident in how this game will will feel with you know a player experience and you know just looking at how much work went into character design background design mechanical design like everything everything feels as if it were in sync uh and i know with a a trailer like this i mean obviously that's the point to make it as uh immersive as possible but one of the things i really liked was it introduced the fps angle uh in cinematic ways almost where you don't even notice it uh Mm -hmm. because you're so caught up in the the action that's going on that you're like, oh, cool, okay, he's shooting at them, but it doesn't register to you that, oh, that's the gameplay angle, the camera that you're going to be. It just felt like it was well-placed within like the story of what the trailer was, that it just felt natural. So um, I was really impressed by that. And just the overall like presentation of this, like I was just like, man, like, but like you are saying before, I mean, sometimes it's a tough decision, but it's the right decision to just say, hey, like, we don't feel good about what this is going to be for people. And it's better for us just not to uh, put that out. And I mean, you don't really see that often. What you see now is extensive delays where people are kind of forcing something to be something that maybe it's not ready to be. So, you know, kudos to them for making that decision as bittersweet as it is. Um, Cause I, it, it definitely looks like a game that I would, I would download a demo for it. And maybe the demo would be the, deciding factor where i'm like hey i would have purchased this you know because uh, mm-hmm. this is this is just fantastic uh just really blown away by how everything feels so well put together absolutely 
Yeah, and one thing as well, which I which I did enjoy, it was the um, none of these mechanics are like in, entirely like groundbreaking in a sense. Like for example, you know, the idea of like gravity, anti-gravity grenades, right? Or like electric or, or electric um, what are they called again? Um, like bowlers, right? Like the things that you throw. Like you you, you will have seen these like in the world before, but it's like it's the way in which they're utilized here, and like the kind of like feedback that it gives, and also the fact that like those were actually also in their demos too. Like you could. Use use those like, i remember watching them and uh, what watching people play and like seeing those things actually be used as well so like they did have these things like again in some form that was playable but yeah it's just a matter of i suppose them just not feeling that that what it is that they were making would have uh, would have stood out enough or that they that again that the quality wasn't going to be at the uh, at the correct uh, level for them but again um it's really interesting just because there are a few videos which I did want to mention as well that are about this. You got the uh, the Mac McMuscles uh, Pray to What Happened. You should check that out. Uh, Mac McMuscles makes like really cool videos just generally, but he has a really cool series called What Happened about uh, all these different games which are seemingly cancelled or some of them that do come out, but there's just some things which you'd like to know more about them. But yeah, you should check those videos out too. Uh, there was a video that um, uh, uh, that a channel called like, Gamers uh, put out is G, but it's instead of the A, it's a V, so G, V, M, E, R, S, but they put out Investigating Prey 2, the Prey that we'll never get to play. Like, that was a really cool video I remember watching a long time ago, too. But yeah, just like, it's kind of a, it's one of the games which is, um, again, it's not, it, it's not on that, uh, you know, like, all-time, all-time, like, level for me, personally, in terms of, like, games which I really, you know, wish I could bring out of the vault, like, right, right now, but, like, it's definitely one of the ones which I would have loved, like, to play, for sure, and I think that, especially given that over the past, you know, it's been 10-ish, like, what, like, 11-ish, 12-ish years now, I think, since people even, like, knew about this, but, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's kind of, a, it, it's sad, it, it's sad, and like you said before, it is bittersweet, because, like, this trailer, it was just so well put together, there was such cool gameplay footage around surrounding it the e3 2011 spots that were that were there at the time it was really really you know interesting and i really wanted to figure out more about this character killian uh, samuels as well which is the name of the bounty hunter but yeah we, we all uh, we all feel um a bit a bit of like a loss about this game but yeah i think that the decisions that were made were the right ones and i'm sure obviously you know <clears throat> those decisions are stood the test of time so yeah yeah, that was a, that was that pick. I really, I'm really glad that like you guys liked that though, and it's kind of funny that that was on Sean's too because yeah, it's a really good <laughs> game, really good trailer. Yeah, very cool trailer, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like like I said, uh, I if were there like a Kickstarter, I I would it's like you know do another college try to make this game. I would definitely, mm-hmm. I would definitely yeah. contribute. <laughs> No, definitely. I just love the fact that um, in the Johnny Cash um, like song too, there's that part where like the music stops and he says like and run, and then the guy starts running. It's just like it's so cheesy, but like I like it. Like it's, it's really good. Like, oh, it works. It's, it's it's not it, it's cheesy, but like not cheesy. Like it knows what it is, and like it's very specifically you know playing into that. You know, it's um it's having fun with the. <sighs> With the with the concept of bounty hunter, like space hunter, yeah. and just is very specifically playing on those audio cues, those visual narratives, and obviously all of the references with which we understand the bounty hunter to be portrayed through today. So yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, um, I, I think it it takes a lot of confidence to pull off uh, syncing up the trailer to the music so exactly because sometimes that can feel uh, very like I hate using yeah, this word. Yeah, we said like, that last time, didn't we? Right? Like, yeah, it, yeah, we should be talked like, about oh, that. it's so obvious, right? Like, it's like Davey's first trailer, but when you pull it <laughs> off and, and it works, it's like, oh, it's so satisfying. I, I was, yeah, I was going to say that's, I'm a huge sucker for 
uh, synchronizing animation movements to the sound when it's done well, right? Like to your point, yeah. uh, it can feel really contrived, but if you if you pace, uh, especially if the the um, the tone of the music and the pacing lines up with the scene, which in this case it really does. Like it, at that point, it just kind of creates the satisfying feel of momentum, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, this is, oh, I want to say there's one last thing as well. There's one um, very cool moment here that I really liked, where it's like a big, like huge, um, like monster, like this, like this huge alien dude who has this giant gun and he's about to face off with like the uh, with the protagonist at the very end of the trailer. And instead of obviously there, there are different scans, right? So um, the tra- the the character during the whole trailer, the main character, they they scan people. And if they're wanted, like dead or alive, he'll, you know, he'll act accordingly. So if they're wanted alive, he'll capture them and send them back to, you know, where they're supposed to go. Or if they want wanted dead, he'll probably just, he'll, he'll kill them. But like this last person here, like they are wanted dead. And then it's really quite strange just because the ways in which like they posit the, uh, the wanting of like the, the wanting of this guy dead, like it's just this giant like face that, that's just like this, this huge, humongous, creepy, scary, evil looking like alien dude, which is like, you know, wanted dead, like just plastered all over the screen and stuff. And then like a, a, a fraction of a second later, the music stops once again, and then it goes back to the protagonist's face, and they just let off this like cool little wry smile, and he's just like, yeah, he knows what he's gonna do. He has to like just destroy this guy now. He's got to just like kill him. <laughs> so yeah, it's really um, it's really interesting the, the way that that all works out. I kind of um, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say real quick. Um, I bet. Like they, if they wanted to, they they could take another shot at this because now they there's some a lot of games they could have as a frame of reference, like Monster Hunter World for like the tracking part, and uh, mm. just uh, uh, Cyberpunk for just the the kind of open city part. Like the, this game feels like a really early attempt at that that sort of game. But yeah, it definitely does. Super ambitious. Yeah. So, yeah, the hardware is probably there now for whatever they envisioned for this game, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, especially, especially with like regard to UE5 as well. Like so much, oh, yeah. so, so much going on. Yeah, this is definitely, this This has been doable for like a while now, for like many years, but like, especially like now. Yeah, something like this. I, and and to be fair, I, I could see how maybe uh, looking at the gameplay footage that like they really nailed the, um, the setting, but I, I could see how if they didn't feel like the gameplay systems really fleshed it out that it, you know, could ultimately just become disappointing because yeah. people were so hyped up. But like, you know, it's like, to your point, it, it actually is all in the details of how do you get bounties? How do you track them? How are you rewarded? How does that gameplay loop? Right. So it seems like maybe they felt that it was just, it felt it was coming off as too much of a generic like shooter and stuff. But to your point, I think yeah. there's a lot of gameplay systems out there now that could be combined in order to create that experience. That'd be really, really fun if they built Honestly, still looking at it though, I, I really feel like the setting, like the environments, still really look good. So I think nowadays, yeah. if they had reattempted this, it'd be, it would probably be pretty good. Yeah, there's always something there. The, the idea is, the, an idea can be any kind of idea, but yeah, execution is the game. So yeah, definitely. All right. Very so cool. who's next then? Who wants to run? Who wants to run the next one? So I've got an interesting. Uh, PV like preview trailer uh, for for a game that I actually have a whole lot of love for that uh, 
it did come out. It almost didn't come out, but it did come out, thankfully, and it still remained uh, sincere to its source material. Not a lot of people talk about it anymore, but uh, the, the PV that I'm going to show you is actually a boss battle preview. Uh, oh. I don't think a lot of games did this, uh, but I found this to be pretty intriguing uh, to do this just because this actually came out before the game came out, and I was like, are you sure you want to show like a good majority of the bosses? But it actually does a good job in actually uh, giving you a feeling of what's to come. So... This game uh, has a lot of <laughs> a lot of charm, oh. and it's actually one of my my favorite games that I haven't played in a long time. Uh, I'm referring to Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, it combines it combines two of my favorite things: uh, the mind of Hideo Kojima and the mind of Platinum Games. Uh, I still feel to this day, even though I know that people, I know there's some things maybe going on with Platinum right now, but uh, I really feel like what they put out is like a rare treat. Uh, you know, they, they provide experiences for people that are full of dynamism and just fun uh, without being apologetic about anything. And it's something that I greatly appreciate about uh, the company and their approach to design, their approach to how games feel. And I felt like... Uh, Having played Metal Gear Rising, uh, they did a great job in giving me a story that was very arcade style, but still sort of connected itself in a very quirky way to like the Metal Gear world. Uh, and I feel like this trailer, just the presentation of it is just fantastic. Uh, it's, it's something that uh, there's a particular feeling here that I, I try to strive for uh, within my own work in terms of having very stark, strong topography uh, juxtaposed with like intricate, uh, you know, character designs and models uh, scrolling across the screen, kind of how it would in like 2D animation. Uh, even though everything in this trailer are, are 3D assets, uh, it has a feeling that you would sort of feel from like older, like dynamic uh, anime like trailers. Uh, so it, it's something that for me, uh, looking back on this, like I'm remembering seeing something like this before this game came out it really just caused you to salivate because you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to encounter these bosses and encounter like, you know, these interesting characters. So it, it felt like a, uh, almost like a, like an anime preview <laughs> of like the bosses in the game, uh, which just really made you want to play the game. Cause this came out like a month before the release of the game. And, uh, you know, just seeing like, more gameplay of this game, especially at that time, because uh, they were pretty stingy in the beginning, uh, actually showing real gameplay, just because they were so... There was a lot of talk about being able to uh, destroy assets in such a specific way, in terms of actually angling your cuts and stuff like that. So there was a time that uh, they weren't really showing a lot of gameplay. So once they started showing more gameplay, like people were really just like, oh my god, I want to see what I can do. Like This game looks super cool. Like I want to see what... Uh, you know, I can do. So, you know, this is one of the, tra the trailers that uh, they had already shown gameplay, but in this particular trailer, you got to see more of it and more of it in a sense that this looks like something that's in the final as opposed to, you know, like a build that possibly could change. So seeing it in this way and then seeing it sort of uh, in sync with this like beautiful presentation, like I, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite previews. Uh, for any game, especially since it actually shows the bosses, like, <laughs> like you don't really see that like too often. Uh, 
and it doesn't spoil too much because even the way that these bosses appear is like super strong and striking so it doesn't take away from you know anything oh yeah monsoon is definitely one of the bosses that it's like when you see this it, it actually doesn't spoil much for you as much as it's showing here the feeling that you get when you get to this boss the conversations that happen like mm -hmm. it oh my god man so it's like even seeing this and even with what they're showing uh it doesn't spoil the feeling that you get when you actually encounter this boss uh yeah, I mean, you don't have to lie, AJ. We know this is your alternate YouTube uh, account. This is definitely oh. you, man. This is, this is definitely... <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was me from back in the day, you know? That, that was absolutely... Yeah. I put, I put in a comment where somebody said, um, the monsoon fight looks amazing. And they said that they knew that they would love that boss fight as soon as they first saw the picture of them. But I just want to hop in, chime in real quickly. Um, what is that James is saying here is like 100% correct. Like, it really just draws you in in such a cool way because it's like, hey... I get to fight these people, but to me, when I'm just watching this again, this feels like a challenge, you know? It feels like each of these characters are kind of like, okay, cool, you want to fight me? Okay, cool, come fight me then. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like they're one-on-one, like, yeah, yeah, because that's what it feels like. It's like with um with Mr. Off, she's like, oh, my name is Mr. Like in like Japanese, it's like yeah, like, like come get me. Like I feel it. Like just the the ways in which that they kind of so specifically are calling you, you know, out. They're they're beating you up in the trailer. You they're they're, they're showing you all of their moves. It's cutting back and forth between active gameplay and some more of the cutscene based elements too. But at the same time as well as you said, they they're showing some of their best um and most interesting attacks, how it is that they dodge things, what they say, how they are, but at the same time, they're not showing everything, which is the most important thing. They're showing interesting parts, they're showing bits which will get the players hooked in, they're showing parts which will, again, keep people intrigued, and keep people also unaware of what is to come fully because again you can't show everybody everything but you can show people just enough just enough to tease them as this does so beautifully and i think that it's one of the reasons why this game especially is so highly regarded it's not just the levels of action and like how it is that those are portrayed it's what it is that these characters actually mean to you but also what it is that they're doing what it is that they're, they're not just hitting you it's how they're not just hitting you it's why they're not just hitting you it's where you know and it's one of the most important things, I think, in making any type of a cinema. It's it's important. It's it's why it is that people so often talk about Hong Kong cinema. It's why we still talk about Jackie Chan after all these years. It's why we still talk about Donnie Yen, all these different names. But just people who are so able to not just understand martial arts in terms of, you know, the ability to hit a person, but to make artistry, to, to make... Um, you know, art with their bodies to, you know, compose things properly and well. It's why it is, a, again, like one of my favorite scenes in, in different movies that Jackie Chan's been in, but it's, it's his usage of like people's clothes and people's, you know, um, you know, uh, accessories, what it is they're wearing, how it is that he wraps people up in their own things, sort of like utilizes those items to trip people, throw people, choke people, slam people, you know, whip people, you know, do all these different things while, you know, at the same time fighting still. It, that's what this feels like to me. It feels like a, like such a, such a, uh, I, um, it's, it's an homage to choreography of fights that's what this feels like it, it feels as if it's a it's a demonstration of the ways in which you can fight how it is to actively participate in combat not just oh i'm gonna slap this guy and punch him and kick him and that's it no like with that monsoon fight 
Monsoon's body, for those who don't know, Monsoon's body is not always attached to like itself. Monsoon can, like Buggy the pirate in One Piece, for example, he can, <laughs> dis- exactly he can dismember thinking. himself. Yeah, he, he can dismember himself and he can make different parts of his body, you know, cut off in different chunks and he can configure himself into different shapes. And he can literally, in one of the main mechanics of this game where you can hack and slash very, very quickly with such a precision that you're able to sort of like so delicately change the angle at which you're cutting and the the speed at which it's going through the different materials and objects. That's the main thing of this game. His whole ability is a counter to that. So he can actively like change the shape of his body to make sure that he won't get hurt, that the blade will miss him. So for example, if someone is about to cut me in a horizontal sense, I would, you know, remove my torso from, you know, my, my waist and then I would move that upward so that the cut would go through that area whilst not hitting me. And then I would put that yeah. back. That's what it is that Monsoon does. So it's a matter of how it is that we, you know, fight that person. How do we defeat this person? How do we, funnily enough, you know, dismantle, you know, that person? And what it is that that fight means and what it is that that fight shows is shown here in just, you know, just underneath five minutes, just underneath a snippet of five minutes. So, yeah, just as James said, it's just... um. It's a beautiful catalog. It's it's a, it's a menu of sorts, you know. That that's what this is to me. It feels like the menu of the of not just like the game itself, but of of mechanical you know interactions, right? Like again, speaking as you know people who play fighting games as we all have and as we all do, it's it's the interactions that make things interesting. You know, it's a okay, I'm gonna parry this, but what happens after that? If I dash up and get grabbed, what's gonna happen after after I get you know get up off the floor? Like what's gonna happen there? Like that's what this feels like to me. It, it's the measuring of distance. It's it's the measuring of, of of, of hits it, it's it's the ability to create such intrigue from you know different types and styles of fighting and seeing what interactions will come out of that what can you do with these with these <clears throat> sorry with these different systems and mechanics here it's a it's it's so intriguing to me i, I love this um this trailer and this, this game's really cool i watched my best friend play it shout out to james uh figuring out the main mechanic of the game at the end at the last boss that's a real fact real true things yeah like uh fun, fun times yeah good stuff yeah like I'm glad you guys uh, dig this because I this 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 PV has like a special place in my heart because uh, it's not the typical uh, way to sort of like show this to potential players. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times a company might feel like oh that's showing too much, but they manage to dance that dance like super well, where it's just like we're giving you just enough to make you intrigued, just enough to like really sort of. Uh, tickle your, your, your the audio senses that you're having with like the music that's used in the trailer to the dynamism of like how things are showing up. It's like they're they're bom- almost bombarding you with coolness, but also sort of showing you, hey, like these are things that you might want to think about uh, without it actually ruining uh, the experience. Because again, like playing the game uh, and how you encounter these bosses, like it's a completely different experience. Although both are extremely visceral, so uh, you know I'm glad that. You know, you guys were on board with uh, this this uh, particular preview. Absolutely, it's funny as well because um, right now I'm staring at a literal holographic poster that I got from a games conference years and years ago, and like we've been meaning to um, because I'm I'm moving house, so like we've been we've been meaning to like just figure out like where it is I'm going to put all of these. But yeah, like I'm just laughing right now oh. because like I literally oh dude this huge oh, like wow. metal gear poster and like it's holographic it's That's so really cool. cool like raiden's eye oh. like, depending on how you look at it do you remember those old um like used to be like this on a, in like different like game and like anime books and stuff like that but it's one of those cards where if you like if you move it like, it looks like the whole scenery is like 3d so it's got like lots of depth to it 
and stuff. And like, it looks like the lights mm-hmm. shining off the blade. It's really cool looking. So yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. I forget exactly wow. what the name of the type of holographic like card this is, but it's like ridged. It's got like a kind of like a like a kind of like a ridge to it. But, yeah, oh, I can hear it. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I as yeah, soon exactly, as you said yeah. it, that that sound was in my mind, and then you you made it just now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. it, it feels like you can like like you, like you could touch like the blade the way it comes out. It's, just, it's awesome. I'm, and also fun fun fact as well. I uh, I got this after. Um, after I beat I beat someone uh, at Darkstalkers for this, so they were like, "Oh, if uh, they were like, oh, it was it was when Darkstalkers Resurrection came out." And um, sorry, just like my tangent, but uh, it was, I was playing a, a thing called Play Expo, and somebody came up to me and they were like, "Oh, you have two Darkstalkers Resurrections like posters." Well, I want one of those, but okay, here's what we're gonna do: we'll play a set, and then if you win, I'll give you my poster, and then like if I if if I win, like I just want to take it and. I was like, okay, fine, cool, all right, that's, that's, that's fine, cool. So wow. I won, and then, like, yeah, I just, like, took this dude's, like, post. He's like, okay, here you go. I was like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's cool, it's all right. So I got, like, I got the um, Dark Souls Resurrection one, and I got the Metal Gear Rising one, but I felt kind of bad because I was like, hey, I can't just take this dude's stuff. So I was like, yo, let's just trade it anyway. So we did, so we traded it. It was, it was cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's hey, it's, it's, it's full circle, uh, not just for, for this podcast, but... I have a feeling the fact that Darkstalkers was involved that we will definitely be talking about Darkstalkers very soon in another episode. So it's it's just interesting how the the trajectory is sort of uh, going here, man. Like that poster is awesome, man. I I wish I had like a that that is like literally like one of the best like posters you could possibly. Absolutely. Like it for for MGR, like and that game, like I said, that game had such a visual presence that like it came out in 2013. It's 2022 and it still slaps. Like it's yeah. still awesome looking. Like going back and looking at trailers and everything, like everything about this game still holds up visually uh, and gameplay wise too. Like it's a really fun game. So you know anybody who can get access to it, I think you can probably play it either if you have a physical copy on PS3 or you can I think play it on PS Now. Uh, you should definitely uh, pick it up because it's a it's a really cool game and should not be forgotten. Absolutely, I'm, yeah. I must say as well. Sorry, if anyone hasn't yet, you must listen to the Metal Gear Rising Revengeance OST. You have to. Do oh like, man, to yeah. This the the songs in this game are among some of the best I've ever heard in any game ever and i mean that a hundred percent hand on heart it's one of the best osts i've ever listened to in my life there's so many bangers on here rules of nature a stranger i remain just like so so many just like absolute bobs it's ridiculous like oh just the lyrics like i've come here from nowhere across the unforgiving sea drifting further and further it's all coming clear to me just like i just love the way it's sang and just like the sort of um the ways in which like they kind of complement like the the battles which you're in when you hear them too it's just yeah this game is just it's it's a it's it's a complete package for, for me i really enjoy the way it's presented but especially as what i had to mention just audibly if you can just listen to these songs just type in on youtube after you're done with this just metal gear rising revenge it's just ost and then just find it in on youtube just find like a stranger i remain rules of nature like it has to be this way like there's so many just really really beautiful beautiful tracks yeah really well done it's funny you you bring that up because the tracks in this game are so good that they actually are current now like just for listening pleasure but also like memes like uh 
like <laughs> without without giving away too much like there's a track there's two tracks that are kind of interchangeable with a lot of things so rules of nature is probably one of the most popular tracks in the game but often what you'll see is people will like overlay that track with other games that they feel are just as cool uh vanquish being one of them uh sekiro uh like people have like a really strong fondness to the music in the game and they'll play something else that's like cool in its own way completely with its own identity but they're like hey but if you put rules of nature in it though like 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 you know and it, it changes the experience for them so um and then the other one which i'm not going to spoil why but uh i think it has the lyrics like and then i realized that has become a meme all on its own for completely different reasons and i don't like i said for people who maybe have not played it i don't want to spoil too much but i'm pretty sure people have never played metal gear rising but they know about the I realize meme. Like, like enough people, enough people have seen it that like, and it's because the song, it's not just because of what's happening in the meme, but the song itself is so cool that like, like people actually have been circulating it. So, I mean, in some way, Metal Gear Rising does live on. Absolutely. I, I've just got to say one more thing as well, but um, if anyone hasn't yet, like you need to hear like the first, like, 15 seconds of like the stains of time like that song i just wrote in the chat there that song is just like amazing but the intro it's like almost illegal how good it is like it's just like it's <laughs> it's so good for no reason like it's just so good like i challenge you to listen to that listener and not feel hyped and not feel prepared to like slash a building in half with a sword like just imagine it just like the ways in which it makes you feel so pumped up, the way that the guitar is just absolutely just shredding, the drums are going crazy, just like a just you know double bass pedal heaven. It's just absolutely just ridiculous. It's it's yeah, it's it's incredibly incredibly well produced music, and I've just got to say it's just one of the um one of the absolutely I just can't even talk right now. It's just amazing. It's it's really really good. It's one of my favorite things ever. One of my favorite things just ever ever ever. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, oh! Shout out, um, yeah, shout out, shout out, people like, um, shout out, people like Jamie, uh, Jamie Christopherson as well. Like working on like the music in this game as well. That, that was a, that was one of the, one of the people who was a, who was in on that a lot. But yeah, like I think um, as well, like just in ter in terms of the genres of like electronic, like rock and metal. Like I think a lot of people, it's not that they, it's not that they won't like be like familiar. But like yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of really really good songs and tracks out there which people could be interested in if they're interested in this type of music. So just it's a really interesting like really cool genre. But yeah, definitely just like huge 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 shouts out to Jamie Christopherson for just like doing such a a wonderful like job with this uh, musically. It's just yeah, really really awesome. Like this game, this game has a, a very specific energy to it that I feel like anybody can get into, even if they're not into anime. Even if that's, it's just, yeah. it's it's just wild and it's fun and it's so poised to uh, show itself to you. So uh, again, like if you have not played Metal Gear Rising or you're interested in it, there are ways to play it. If you're not interested in playing it but you want to see it, there's plenty of playthroughs with like no commentary that you can just watch, and it's like it'll become one of your favorite anime like just sit back and just take it in for 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 all that you can it is it is definitely worth worth taking a look at absolutely 
Yeah, so there's so many memes. Like, my, my friends and I post these all of the time. Like, there's so many memes of, like, the interactions between different characters, especially between, um, I won't say who, but, like, there's a character at the very end of the game who's, like, an incredibly just powerful person. And, yeah, like, they just, uh, they embody a lot about politics and politicians, but also, like, the way in which, like, some people in America view like themselves, some people in which people around the world view American like foreign policy, the ways in which people view, you know, just like a stereotypical like politician. Like this is like a game's take on a person like that in the most sort of like exaggerated fashion, how it is that they view themselves, but also like just what they are. It's just, yeah, it's a very interesting sort of like answer to the question of like who that yeah. uh, type of person is, so to speak. Yeah. He, he's so American that he only could have been created by uh, uh like japan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like it's like an outside in view like that's what yeah, yeah it's, it's really like interesting the way the way in which is done i'll say yeah really really cool stuff all right yeah. cool so who's Great next game. then who's next who's got the next one I got okay one. i guess yeah sean let's hear uh, okay. it okay so um let's run it this one's actually going to take us in a, a little bit different direction, um, but I, I don't know why this one kind of sticks in my mind. So I don't know if you all have seen this particular one, uh, but it is the trailer, the trailer, the original trailer for uh, Nino Kuni. The uh, and oh, um, that game is beautiful. Uh, specifically yeah. for the the Wrath of the White Witch, the PS3 one. There, there were other games before this, but I think this was like legitimately the first. Uh, the first like serious entry of, of the series, but um... uh, well, it, it, there was a, a DS version. I think they came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I think a lot of people don't know about the DS version. Kind of why yeah. there was uh, also okay. a mobile version too. Um, oh, right, right. Uh, but either way, this one. What I really love about this trailer um, is like so we've been talking about a lot about like I don't know intense 3D. <laughs> like really cool looking trailers with you know that and this one uh the first minute of it actually if you didn't know what you were watching you would think that you were watching a trailer for a new ghibli movie right mm-hmm. um and it's super sweet and then there's a transition um i want to say it's about um i think it's like a minute and 30 seconds or something yeah about a minute and 30 seconds um where it, it has like a couple of title cards where it's kind of telling you what's going on if you don't know the story. Um, and, but it sets up this like kind of beautiful shot after it says like the journey awaits. And then it just cuts into gameplay footage with this like just very like magical kind of uh, thoughtful, comforting music. It's got like a you know, kind of a very uplifting sense to it. So I just wanted to mention it because uh, first of all, it's a great game that everyone should play. But um I, I kind of remember seeing this first time and being like, uh, oh, the game isn't going to look like this, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, like, they're just showing me this, like, beautiful Ghibli. Like, I really kind of went in thinking, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they just animated, the Ghibli just animated the cutscenes, whatever, it doesn't. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to feel like I'm playing an actual movie, but I feel like they really did nail that. And uh, they do a good job of transitioning in such a way that you really get the feel of how well crafted the game is um, yeah so anyway this is a very it's a very feel-good trailer uh, even though the the setup for the story if you're not aware is actually pretty upsetting so um yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty sad 
Uh, but it the, the one thing that really stands out to me, especially given when this game came out, like it really captures the Miyazaki feel within the 3D models. Like it, it, like much to what, you know, Sean was saying, like, you know, when you see a trailer and you got like Ghibli animation going on, like, you're like, oh, the games, there's no way that game is going to look like this. You, you just already had that reserve in your mind. But, you know, when you actually see what the game looks like, it's, it's pretty, pretty close considering it's 3D. And, uh, it definitely it just feels good like the colors like the like everything about it it just it just sort of is like giving you like a hug like just that's what ghibli art does until you actually you know start watching the movies and then you're like oh my god this is so sad depending on which one you know but yeah like this game nino kuni is such a beautiful uh game like i i feel like that's definitely something that should be kind of shouted out into the uh stratospheres of the internet it's like no go play this beautiful game they also do a really good job of communicating uh, the intimate moments of the game, but also the scale. Because there's parts where it shows like you riding a dragon and being in a ship, and like so it does like it, just like this kind of classic idea of this is a timeless large adventure for you to like just wrap yourself in. It does a very good job of communicating that through the shots that it chooses, and it communicates the, the feel of the game. Like there's a, a shot where he. Um, main characters kind of jumping among mushrooms and then there's other ones where it's upshot where like a dragon lands and stuff like that and it just does a very good job of communicating the, t- the tone of the game and it also gets you really excited to enter that world like even if you know you don't really know much about it at that point but it just looks like something that you want to dive into right so yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm like, there's something to always, for me, right, there's something to be said about uh, 3D games that uh, put a lot of effort into capturing that classic, uh, familiar feeling of, like, anime or 2D animation, uh, even even if it's just a, a visual feel, uh, not necessarily animation timing in all instances. Like, I just, I don't know, I, I give a lot of my uh, my heartfelt, like, love and appreciation to games that can do that with uh within a 3d space uh there's something about just attempting to achieve that it, that really uh just speaks to my heart like it just it just works for me absolutely i must say as well i'm the i've always got to give the showers because you already know what it is you know i have to give the showers but um yeah like beyond ghibli fantastic youtube channel they have a brilliant video about this actually about this uh, specific game nino kuni it's called the second country how nino kuni balled magic but they speak about more specifically how level five went just so specifically above and beyond in terms of crafting such a beautiful you know scape of like that world and making sure that you can sort of feel the the magic in every single interaction in terms of even just like looking at the characters for the very first time like as sean mentioned here you would think it was you know oh is this like a is this a ghibli like film that i'm watching here but like they take that feeling and like they, they apply that through a whole different medium and then they keep it throughout the entire the entirety of like the game itself and like and They've just been so, you know, specifically talented and skilled in terms of doing that, in terms of translating those feelings over from one space to another. And it's very hard to do because, again, you can make something look like something, but it won't always have that same feel, that same, you know, that same um, 
there's a there's a there's a term which i kind of like use and don't use sometimes i, I say I, I speak about like soul in terms of artistry sometimes but like there's a certain like there's a feeling that you get from something when you're looking at it and you can tell if it's been made by a certain person or if it's not and like i feel that whenever i'm whenever i'm looking at nino kuni it just it brings me a sort of like a, a warmth and not only just like a nostalgia for ghibli films and for ghibli you know all of the all of the rest of that type of art but at the same time like it, it brings something like new to it you know for example even with um you know the voice casting and like that having people from you know not <laughs> having people from places where you wouldn't particularly consider those to be like popular for voice acting like b so for example like a place like wales with like welsh actions like drippies and stuff like that like that's a real thing which is you know important it's, it's cool to hear different kinds of voices and just have them be so well represented within something which is uh, the medium of a, of a game and stuff so I, i'm just really I'm, I'm really stoked about just Nino Kuni like overall, and I'm I'm very very much interested in the ways in which the art is uh, digested by different people because everyone sees Ghibli, but everyone feels something else, you know. So that that's a cool thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I I, I just want to point out that the uh, DS version of the game is uh, really really lovely and very very different too. Like it's a completely mm-hmm. different game. It's, uh, I mean, obviously a completely different hardware. It's not like a stripped down version of the PS3 game. It's its own thing. Uh, the overworld is like hand painted 2D. So, um, you know, it in its own way looks, uh, it, it evokes Ghibli even more directly because it is like 2D painted backdrops. Uh, and then the main uh, sort of gimmick of the game is it, it came with this book. It's, it's a, it's a real tome. Like it's, it's, it's hundreds of pages long. It's hardcover. It looks like it's leather bound, um, and it's it's really a book and a game because like the game constantly refers to this book. It's full of clues. It's full of like spells and recipes and runes that you have to like learn to trace on your DS. And uh, yeah, just a really really cool uh, game and just sort of this multimedia experience with you know, the game and the book being uh, uh, just inextricable. Yeah. I can't remember wrong, but there's actually uh, quite a few Nino Kuni games, right? There's like uh, seven or eight of them, uh, I think. What? I only know of the sequel, and then I think you mentioned the mobile games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself now, I think that there's only a few. Oh, wait, actually, no, I think you're right, because I'm looking it up right now. They have, okay, I think it's like, there's like a big list here. I'm going to read these out. So they have, they seem to have, oh, that's the wrong link. I mean, uh, it, it, admittedly, know, I've only oh, played well. this one, <laughs> like Wrath of the White Witch, but uh, I was generally yeah, aware yeah. that it was a pretty large, it was an expansive series. Yeah, they, they've got Wrath of the White of the White Witch here, but before that, they had Nino Kuni Dominion of the Dark Jinn. That was a DS game, it seems. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah a DS game. Okay. Oh, and on iOS as well. And then they had um, Nino Kuni uh, was it Daibuken Monsters. So this kind of looks to be. Yeah, this is another mobile game. Another mobile, another mobile game. Looks like a kind of uh, monster collecting game. And then you've got Nino Kuni Two: Revenant uh, Kingdom that came out in 2018. And then, but they've got that. They've got something before that. It's Nino Kuni uh, Cross Worlds, a role-playing game uh, created by Netmarble and published by uh, Level Five, released for Android and iOS. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was revealed at G-Star in November 2019 in Tokyo Game Show. And presented, oh, they presented the first gameplay footage there in September of 2020. So, yeah, you're right, actually, yeah. There's, like, five games wow. here. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Didn't know there were that many. 
Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Assumingly, they've got some. It's just that they mixed in the the mobile games in the mix, but yeah, they still count, obviously. But yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Five. Yeah. Interesting, and also as well, like released quite close together. It seems like that's twenty ten. Uh, 2011, 2012, then it goes a big like leap gap, and then that goes to 2018, and then it was first revealed in that last one. Okay, so yeah, the last one I mentioned, Crossworlds, was revealed in 2019 of no in November 2019, and then presented the first gameplay footage in 2020 September 2020. So I'm not sure if that is out yet. Actually, I'm going to check that out right now. But yeah, I'm on a site here where it talks about like pre-registration. That's interesting. Oh. Oh, so yeah, the game's okay. not even out yet. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm literally. We're finding this out together. We're finding out together. Okay. Yeah, it says pre-register now. The biggest game of 2022. Dive into your new fantasy world. Nino Kuni Crossworlds. Okay. So yeah, it looks what? like it's now. Yeah. There's a Discord group. There is a. There's a, some stuff where you can pre-register on the App Store on Google Play as well. Yeah, you can pre-order it. Okay. This is interesting. I had yeah, no. So I would have had no idea this was a thing unless I googled this like right now. So yeah. shout out to Sean for mentioning this. Going to have to check this out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, they got like a YouTube channel as well. They've got like a Twitter page. Okay. Oh wow, the most the most recent thing. Oh, funnily enough, we could do a little trailer breakdown right now. They got like a new trailer which just came out three weeks ago. So yeah. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah, like literally right there. How timely. I know, it's like perfect. Oh, wow, this looks great as well. Got the Joe Hisaishi music as well. Like, let's go. Okay, this is interesting. You got some characters. Hey, let's, um... Yeah, let, let's let's look at this together. This, yeah, this... let's do it. I'm with this. The real-time 3D looks amazing, actually. The, the cell mm-hmm. shading in the characters is... Is this a mobile game, or is this... Um, multi- I'm not sure. Cross-worlds? I bet you it's like a Genshin Impact kind of thing, like cross. Could be. Cross I'm gonna have a look now. But the environment's probably this, this looks insane. Yeah, this looks really good. Wow. Whoa. This this is. It might be on. Yeah, looks. This looks really nice. Yeah. I like how they. This is the reverse, where they have to tell you it's actual gameplay footage because. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, this is a gameplay footage. <laughs> Because because you, your immediate thought is there's no way that this is what the game looks like when I'm playing it. But oh my gosh, this is, man. Yeah, this is awesome looking. Wow, I, man, like I, yeah, I'm, I'm almost beautiful, vast, open, sweeping fields. You have like fields full of like flowers and trees, like such really really beautiful looking skylines as well like i love the the water effects in the back too just how like bright the caustics are that are like bouncing off of everything you've got these big dragons that are flying around everywhere breathing fire yeah there's like battle sections where you can see characters slashing and cutting and shooting at each other with like these large guns as well which they have like big muskets you've got like a big character who has got like a big uh, almost like a dragoon looking character with a large sword like a blue Azure armor, it's quite cool. Like, yeah. like it's I also feel like, like good here. It looks like Blonde Howl from like Howl's Moving Castle. It, it like, does appear totally that this like is Howl. a mobile a mobile game, by the way, Android and iOS. Uh, okay, cool. This looks great, though. This? <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it's uh, Netmarble, right? They're they're one of uh, Korea's yeah. top uh, developers, mostly uh, mobile and uh, online games. So. They know what they're doing. Oh, actually, uh, it does say the crosswords will be playable on PC. 
which is oh, there you go. part of why it's called Cross Worlds, apparently. Yeah, I had, a, I had a hunch about that. I was going to say it might, might get something else like that, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this is this is definitely giving wow. some uh, some really cool vibes here. Like I like this very much. Yeah. Good find. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, good find, man. Okay, so yeah, I think this is their MMO basically, but it looks really mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah. This this is basically a world of Nino Kuni. <laughs> mm, pretty much Nino Kuni Hunter World Iceborne Two Alpha. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Oh, you know, you know what this is something we were talking about before? Um, we're talking about Strive. Uh, we're talking about how good it looks. This is built on Unreal Engine. Oh, oh okay, cool. Okay. Let's go. Which explains yeah. a little bit uh, around it. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of floored by how good this looks. Like, I, like part of me is like, I, I can't believe this. Like, I... I <laughs> I was like, only only Arxis and Super Pictures do stuff like this, but man, Netmarble is uh, they're 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 learning the uh, the UE five dance and they are mm-hmm. doing it because like this this looks amazing, like like insanely good, like just like I keep going back and looking at all the individual uh, character animations, uh, you know, and and like it it doesn't look like math, you know what I mean, like it. Mm-hmm. Like it looks less like math than when other people, other studios have attempted to sort of capture this feeling. Uh, there's a lot more life in the animations, uh, the in the progression of like some of the frames. Like it's like I'm thoroughly impressed with uh, how this looks. Like I, I'm one of those people that doesn't play mobile games a lot, but man, like I'd be tempted mm-hmm. to uh, dive into this. Uh, but it's also getting a PC release, so. Uh, but I can hear Thomas screaming somewhere. You have not played Hades yet, so I will not. Uh, you know, I'm protecting. I'm, I'm, I'm protecting myself right now. I will play Hades before I play this game. Like I don't. I don't want uh, you know anybody to uh, assume otherwise. So you know, I will put off my my desires for Nino Kuni until Hades is played. I'll make sure everybody gets updated. That's nice. They've got like a cool little trailer where they're showing people working on the game itself too, like a little like a dev trailer type of thing where they've just got people working on concepts oh, nice. and sketches and bits of art. I love when developers do this when they show yeah, you know, people actively, see. yeah, actively working on the project. It's nice to see, really good. All right, let, let's run a couple more then. Do you, can, can I go? Could, could I hop in real quick? Yeah, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome, cool. Gosh, there are so many trailers that I wanted to pick. There's just so many. It's amazing because um, I'm sure we'll get to have other discussions about other ones. I was going to, admittedly, I wanted to talk about Owlboy again, but I won't this time because I want to develop a whole episode concept. We'll talk about that in the future. But one which I really, really enjoyed and really, really liked and still like to this day, I think it's perfect. I think it's just so cool. We're talking about Infamous Second Son. Alright, so this is another one from that period of time, that early 2010 period, where, again, it's young boy Adam, you know, I'm just uh, impressionable, mm-hmm. excited about the world, wanting to be interested in a variety of different things that will really get me hyped, I still feel that today, but yeah, like, this one just blew me away. I really love this trailer. Uh, just a bit of a backstory to a backstory. Um, I used to play Infamous every single day, almost, after school, after college. The original Infamous game I used to play on the PS3 all 
the time. I loved the story of Paul McGrath. I was so intrigued by that world, the abilities, the characters that you could meet, the ways in which the morality system impacted on gameplay mechanics. I thought it was really interesting, and I was really, really a massive fan of this series. I was just massively hyped for it. I never really got too massively interested in Infamous 2. I just had a bunch of stuff going on. I never really got it. didn't really play it much. I was like, damn, Infamous. That was cool. I used to remember playing that. But there was a day that occurred. It was, again, E3. Again, shout out to, you know, E3 back in these times. It really was just a massive, um, just massive hype. I used to type on, uh, on Facebook all the time. I'd be like, oh, everyone hyped for E3. My friends would be like, yeah, like, oh, it's going to be pretty good. Like, oh, what, what, excited, what trails are you excited for? There was just a general, you know, bit of a bit of that, that community hype that I used to really love. Just the staying up, watching all of the events, all that stuff was just awesome. But yeah, just, uh, I used to really love this um, series. So, um, Infamous Second Son was a new game for that series now. So that was for the PS4. It was one which the game, it was a, a console which the series had never been on before prior to this, obviously. And I was just so incredibly excited for it. So Infamous Second Son, what is it? It was developed by Circle Punch Productions and published by Sony Computer Entertainment back on the PlayStation 4, obviously, like I just said. It came out back in uh, March, I think, of 2014, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. March uh, 21st of uh, 2014. And it was this absolute banger. So you follow this main character. He's called Delson, like Delson Rowe. And in essence, what it is that you're doing, you're figuring out why it is that you have these abilities, these strange smoke-based powers. He gets kind of like shocked and frightened where he has to, you know, figure out, okay, like, why am I, you know, like this? What's, uh, what's going on here? But, um, how can I control my new powers? What is it that I want to be? Who am I, who am I as a person? Yeah, just uh, what is it that I can, you know, do to make sure that I make the best use of my abilities? But one of the main things that I love about this, again, it's the music. It's it's the music in this trailer. Like, all throughout this song, you hear Heart Shaped Box, you know, the iconic, in my opinion, one of Nirvana's best songs. But they've got many, many great songs. But, yeah, it's one of my favorites, one of my favorite tracks of theirs. But Heart Shaped Box, uh, but this time it's done... It's covered by a band called Dead Sarah, and obviously the song is just really iconic. It's got this beautiful melodic leading line to it that feels so melancholic and wistful, and I feel like it's a perfect sort of backdrop for this uh, for this trailer here. And yeah, I just want to know what do you guys think of this because for me, I love you know firepowers. I love you know punky, um, you know sort of like stick in the craw of of authority and society type characters. But just the way in which you get this introduction to Delson, who's voiced by Troy Baker, you see this kid, this guy with the beanie on, the badges on his on his jacket. He's doing he's spray painting at the very start of the game. You know, he seems kind of you know as if he's like a caged bird as if he's you know quite literally this is what it is that he's painting but like that is him you know it's, it's how it is that he feels you know with regard to the world but it's the powers here that kind of like free him and different to Cole McGrath where he had his thrust upon him in a much more like violent and kind of you know like terrible way with regard to that giant explosion at the start of Infamous but um yeah, I think it's a it's really really interesting considering how it is that these different characters are you know posited in Delson we see this very specific kind of you know almost 
anti-establishment, anti-police type character gifted these powers who can so specifically shift the status quo now and like, you know, what do you want to do with that? That's what I took from this trailer and there's a part of the end which I want to mention but I'll save that to a little bit later but you dudes, you're watching it right now, what do you think about what's happening? Well, how, how does it make you feel? What do you think? Well, I think, I think uh, Infamous Second Son is a, a, a product of its time. Like I, like when I look at it, it, it takes me back to uh 2013 in terms of uh just the direction that character design and video games were going uh wanting to express things that sort of embody a particular generation uh so so when i look at this character like it 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 just brings me back to a time when i i felt like people were thinking a lot more about the shoes they were going into metaphorically as the player in terms of the types of characters that they want to uh, designed for people to experience. So, uh, you know, Second Son has like a, a, bit, a little bit of a special place in my heart in terms of, uh, you know, what the game represents. Uh, just looking at this trailer again and kind of, you know, seeing this, especially in conjunction with like comic book movies uh, becoming a bit more uh, prevalent. Like it, it felt like, you know, it was one of those things where you could sort of feel that experience through a game without being connected to like Marvel you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I can sort of go through this very specific story and sort of experience this embracing the idea of, like, spreading your wings metaphorically as a character. So when I look at this trailer, it gives me, like, fond memories of, like, this time and looking at it and going, oh, wow, this is really cool. And uh, just the experiences I had actually playing it. So uh, it's it's really cool to sort of go back and look at this again it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a good memory for me no, absolutely absolutely there's um there's a part in here there's a part in this which is mentioned and um it's delson speaking about the idea of you know hitting the town and then his brother says well you know like this idea of like hitting the town do you ever think the town's gonna hit back and then like right as that's you know happening the um the song obviously is is being you know played in the background. Hardship box gets louder and louder, and then like it hits that classic peak like hey wait right as he's about to like blast off into the air and do this huge like space like drop type attack. But like when I first saw this, like I don't even ugh, I, I watched this like I've I've seen this trailer literally like fifty plus times, maybe maybe almost a hundred times like ever. Like I've watched this moment so many times because like that moment of um the freedom that you see like in Delson's face like after he like literally you know jumped out of like the out of the ground like I felt that kind of like in my life before like I showed Richmond a while ago like it was a tournament that I went to like in Spain one of the first times that I ever you know got to you know fight internationally and like I was losing my first match I was losing it I was a few points down and like I was just nervous because like, I'd never been out there never fought in front of all these people before there's all of these people who you know, they're, you know, they're so used to fighting internationally. It's like a big, it's like, a, it's no big deal for them. It's a big deal for me. No big deal for them. Big tournament, simple for them. It's a huge, you know, occasion. It's the first time I've ever done this. But like, just seeing the sort of smile that's like on his face after he sort of like, you know, he's believing in himself and he's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to just do it. I'm just going to do like my thing. I'm just going to do what it is that I, you know, do best and stuff. And then he you know, charges up this beautiful, like fiery attack and he jumps up in this really cool, like spiral motion. He just becomes this sort of like triple burst of like energy. And he's just all of a sudden, like what looks to be almost 100, 200, 300 feet in the air, right? He's just really high in the air. 
and then he falls down and then he starts to ignite his abilities again and he's pushing down to, into the ground and then boom there's a big explosion and then the trailer ends but like in that moment like i felt that like i hit somebody with like my sort of like favorite kicks like a tornado kick i've got to spin around a lot and then like kick someone out of like a ring but like me doing that it reminds me of like this moment in this you know in this scene here where he's like he's letting go he's feeling as if he can do anything and like the sort of smile on his face like i remember how that how that feels you know that sort of like yeah i'm being you know my best version of like of myself and like i feel like i can you know go over any odds i can do anything and that's what it is that this trailer kind of like means or it looks like to me it's um it's the it's the idea of you know the cage bird being let free you know like somebody who feels as if they've got so much pressure on them so many different issues going on at the moment some confidence problems some anxiety about how it is that they're viewed they've got authority figures kind of you know, after them they've got an older brother like delson's just you know being like oh hey who are you as a person this is how you want to leave your mark on the world like you're getting arrested all the time you know like who do you want to be you're not getting any younger you know what are you doing with your life and then you get gifted these powers and he's like you know what like, I get to choose. Like, I'm going to choose who I want to be now. Like, it's been a bit rough, but I have what it is I, you know, need now, I think. And I'm getting the hang of it. And, yeah, like, I feel better again. I feel like, like I can be, like, a version of me, like, a person. And, yeah, that, that's what that, you know, feels like to me. It feels like he's, you know, getting the beginnings of a new, not just personality, but, like, the answers to all of the questions which he's been asked earlier, you know? That move is the answer to who do you want to be now? How do you want to leave your mark on the world? He wants to leave scorched footprints. That's what he wants to leave. It's cool. Yeah, well, I love I think, it. Uh, also, to your point, if I recall, the pretty important part of the game's story is that there's a morality system. Like, you can be yep. good or evil by the end of the game. And I wonder if, mm -hmm. like, it seems to me that they're definitely trying to communicate freedom, not just the, the open world concept of the game, but also the, the ability to, to choose that path, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's cool as well just because like oh go 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 ahead, go ahead. Oh I was just you know, it's it's really uh, uh great that you, you can relate to uh the game and uh just the, the that part of the trailer on a deep level and it is cool that they, they're setting up uh, not not just the theme of the game and also that ties into the gameplay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it even it's is like, jacket, right? Uh, there's the cage yes. bird imagery. And then he's free, but then his jacket is actually like two birds sharing a, a pair of wings, and they're kind of trying to each trying to fly in their own direction, right? So it's, it's baked exactly. into the character design. Exactly. It, yeah. 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 It's so it's so so cool because it's just like I remember this, there was a a while ago I showed you some of like my reel and stuff, and like that's like I, I already explained this like to you in that moment and stuff, and like I was just like nervous and stuff, but like this trailer again, it's one of those things which I would think about around that kind of period of time like in my life when i was fighting so much and stuff like that is just that's how that feels there's some bits of media where like you see something and you're like i felt what that is i felt that before and it sort of perfectly works in tandem with those emotions that you remember that's what yeah that that moment that i showed you like from my life there that is what this trailer is to me i, I love it yeah mm. i really hope that other people feel like that in trailers that we've mentioned so far and in their own trailers too yeah definitely yeah um, yeah, I just want to point out also that the uh, the face rigs on, on the characters, because uh, this is mostly real-time 3D at this point, uh, the face rigs are really good. They can keep up with the acting, you know, it almost feels like you're watching live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and especially as well with respect to like, the voice talent, too. 
like everybody in this like did such like fantastic jobs but again like they just pairs so well with the with the facial ringing and like with the animations and everybody feels just so just so fluid everyone even just now looking at it because again this trailer will be you know it'll be 10 years old like next year like so it's a thing to think about just again how quickly time can fly but also just you know how work of such high fidelity and great production just great composition all of it can stand the test of time too and i think there's just something there's, there's something to that right because we've all kind of picked like older things like slightly kind of like older like things from like 10 years ago five ten years ago yeah further back than that some of us like yeah so it's interesting just to think about you know what it is that we remember of these uh, trailers and how it is that they've stood because all of these that we've all picked they all look great still they all look nice so yeah it's definitely a mm. testament to just how well they've all they were all crafted at the time yeah absolutely yeah definitely I agree. cool all right let's do a couple more let's run a couple more Who's next? Okay, okay. I, I, I got, I got a. Uh, this this should be a pretty quick one. Cool. Um, this is um, again. I'm I'm, I'm kind of cheating a bit. This is actually one I wanted to bring up uh, when we were talking about our favorite commercials, uh, but I couldn't find it. But I finally tracked it down on YouTube, and I mean, I you know, it, it's it's uh, it kind of counts as a trailer too, sort of. Really, it's more of a teaser. Uh, it's more <laughs> really. It's just a an art piece it is um a commercial slash teaser slash trailer oh. they made for, oh uh, boku no natsi yasumi uh three that is the my summer vacation games oh so, my gosh yes yeah yeah okay this, so, this, so is, those this games, is awesome starting uh on the you know from ps1 it, it, there's just these uh, really really gentle like I keep using this word every time, lovely game. It's it's all about recreating the feeling of like this this idyllic uh, summer vacation in just this very idealized version of rural Japan. And um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, even if you uh, like know very little about Japan, even if you didn't grow up there, like the game just has this universal nostalgia to it because it's all about being a kid. And just being in in the countryside, visiting your family, being in nature, catching bugs, going swimming, like you know, this is all the stuff you you want to do when you're a real little kid. Um, so it started off on PS1, had beautiful uh, uh, hand drawn uh, 2D backgrounds with 3D simple 3D characters on top, almost looks like a Ghibli movie. And um, you know, they made another one for PS2. Uh, they pretty much did one game per console generation. And then they, they did another one for the PS3. And uh, up until then, this has always been like a kid. Well, it's it's very kid friendly, but in a way it's also aimed at adults because it's very nostalgia driven. And then they totally just leaned into that with this um, advert for part three, uh, which is one of the saddest video game commercials you'll ever see. So it's it's not really a trailer for the game. It's just a standalone short film. Um, it was directed by uh, actually a very notable director, uh, uh, Tetsuya Nakashima. He uh, he directed his best known movie in the West is Kamikaze Girls, uh, which was adapted from a novel, and it's about you know this 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 really prim and proper girl really into like Lolita fashion, and then she becomes unlikely friends with this like Yankee kind of uh, sukeban you know hoodlum girl, <laughs> and uh, it, it's a really cute movie. 
And then he won a Japanese Academy Award for uh, another movie. Uh, I, I forget the name, but um, yeah, super decorated director. They hired him to direct this commercial uh, for this game about, you know, all about nostalgia, right? So he comes up with this commercial where it's intense. It, it starts off, um, you just see uh, in slow motion, you hear the sad piano music and you, you, you see this, this young couple arguing. They're in the middle of like a violent altercation. And, and the guy is just like stone faced. He's just like, like just done. And then the, 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 the woman is just like really frantic and it's just a bad situation. I mean, it's gotten physical, like it, it's just horrible. Right. And he's, uh, he's walking out of his apartment and then um, through it all, you, you, you just, uh, both of them are just thinking like, oh, how did it get so bad? Like, how did it come to this? Right. And then waiting for him outside, you see, uh, it's a famous actor, actually. He's played by uh, Terajima Susumu. He's, he's one of the most famous, uh, you know, gangster movie actors in Japan. So he's, he's obviously, the moment you see him, you're like, okay, that's like a Yakuza dude. He takes off his sunglasses. He's waiting for this young man exiting his apartment, right? And then that guy is also thinking on his past. He's like, ah, how did it come to this, right? He's like, when I, all of them are just reflecting. At, 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 none of them want to be there. So that the couple's arguing. And then this guy's waiting outside. And then he pulls out a knife and he stabs the dude. So like, it's, it's like a murder, you know? Mm -hmm. And then throughout it all, just, it shot really well. And then everyone's just like, oh man, like this sucks. <laughs> That's like the tone of it. It's all of them are just at the, the worst moment of their life. And they're all just thinking like, oh, I wish I could go back and redo this. Like, I wish I could yeah. be a kid again. I wish I could just, um, just care, you know, not a care in the world. Like the Yakuza yeah, guys, like, man, what? When I was a kid, I dreamed about protecting the world, right? I, I thought I'd be like a hero. And then it, it's just, it's so sad. And then it's like, yeah, your life sucks. Play this game. <laughs> it's, hmm. it's, oh, man. <laughs> it's really yeah. intense. <laughs> it's so cool. I just got to say as well, like, there's, a, there's a translation that someone put in, but this, they're talking about, you know, just wanting to be the one to protect peace across the planet and like being able to become anything. And like, that's just such a it's such a childish but at the same time it's like a pure and like wholesome kind of like sentiment right it's just like oh like i really want to like be like a hero and like help everybody it's just like oh man like it's really it really is like that that one does hit quite hard because it's like you know in, in children there is that kind of like almost innate kind of uh they'll the want to help people out and to make sure that people are okay and make sure that people are safe and stuff and sometimes just people can lose that people can end up having to worry about all sorts of different things and fighting for themselves and about bills and about debt and about you know that's probably what that was about right with respect to yakuza and stuff so yeah like a lot of the time when it is that you encounter these types of situations like you do remember like everyone was a kid at one time you know everybody had some kind yeah. of a some kind yeah. of another type of an aspiration and everybody is not the same version of themselves now that they once were when they were you know that young so it's again it's that common kind of like a nostalgic thread and you know the 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 ways in which the needle pulls it so it, it's really really cool it's, it's a really well done uh, trailer yeah i mean in in, in a weird way like maybe in people play video games to escape. So like the correlation of, man, can I just go back to like a simpler time or like 
a better time. Like it, it's sort of, it's like a full circle thing of like, yeah, we, we all are kind of going through our own sad like times. I mean, wish we could go back to like a simpler time and it's like, well, maybe you can find a simpler time in the enjoyment of this game in some way mm-hmm. or, you know, so it, it, it's, it's interesting how you can watch something like that and it's so sad, but yet it's so sort of like, yeah, maybe you should sit down. Maybe you should kind of take time away from your potentially like very arduous and challenging life and uh, sort of just play this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of, man, it's, it's kind of wild because like it perfectly encapsulates like the word like bittersweet. Like it's just yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. yeah absolutely yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah I I think it I mean if, if if you're just listening to us describe it 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 could sound uh, kind of corny or e- even worse it could sound like uh, manipulative but the <laughs> the commercial is really well done and the game lives up to it the game is so pure and that's why it works because the game is such like this sunny experience it's it's it, there's not a, a shred of uh of um what's the word just just there's there's nothing bitter about the game and it's um and I, the commercial just wholeheartedly leans into like not necessarily like an unhealthy escapism it's more like hey you know what like you could use a break <laughs> play this really nice uh, gentle game you know and it'll it'll make you feel relaxed and and the game truly delivers on that. It, it was uh, developed as one of the many uh, Japan studio games. Um, I I really think Sony uh, lost a lot when they 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 kind of shuttered that studio because uh, games like this, the, the, these kinds of exclusives really made the PlayStation feel uh, special. You know, like th- this is such a not a, not even an obviously artsy game. It, it's I don't know. It, it's hard to describe. It's just it's it's very much its own thing. And, and uh, they, this this commercial only works because the game is uh, so pure in its presentation. Yes. It's mm-hmm. such a contrast to the commercial. Yeah, it's very it's a very welcoming experience. Uh, and I think with the commercial being the way that it is, it it, it you would think on paper, it's like, wait, how is this going to work? And it's like, no, it actually does. You know, because it, it it can cause the viewer to sort of say, well, yeah, like. I relate to wanting simpler times, better times. Like I'm going to seek out this game. Uh, and I, I think that's like an interesting approach for a game. That's like so unique within like uh, the catalog that Sony has. Um, and like you were saying before, it's like, you know, obviously something like this is, it can be kind of viewed as special because, you know, who makes games like this? And not only that, who's brave enough to like make an advertisement like this and it actually work. You know what I mean? Okay. So when you when you see something like this, it's like, man, like you you sort of uh, cherish it more. Uh, you know, I mean, the game itself is its own separate thing, but this 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 PV is like, or CM rather, is uh, it, it hits it hits hard. Uh, like, and I I commend them for being able to do something like this with like such a game that's like a polar opposite, but they're unified in what they're supposed to do. I, th- I think they're unified in un- how uncynical uh, they are. That, that was yeah. what I was trying to get yeah. for. Like it, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's a very earnest, very pure uh, commercial for a very earnest uh, game. Absolutely. It's very, it's, it's, there's, an, there's an honesty to it. 
there's a there's a real honesty to it. I've got to say just to close, really, um, there's a moment here at the very very end where after the person is like assaulted, they literally are looking up at the at the sky while they're speaking, and then the last thing that they see is like a, a dragonfly that kind of like flies across the sky, and then like it kind of fades to black, and then in that moment they say um. Uh, speeding on my bike, chasing the rainbow all day long, thinking I could go anywhere. Please, God, won't you return us to that summer? Then it just says dragonflies, oh. and it's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, because yeah, it's like so that's sad. yeah, it, it's that yeah. it's that yeah. really tragic, you know, resolution, right? Like one of the things which brings you joy is the last thing that you see when you die. It's like wow, like it's very, very, you know. um very very sad very very tragic but also again it's there's a there's a, there's a poetry in it that speaks real specifically to the ways in which you know life finds a way or can find a way to kind of tangle and entangle and just change the ways in which we view things right like and make you miss things which initially you shouldn't even really you know you shouldn't miss this we should have time to to you know play and be outside and to take those walks and to have fun with those friends and with those family members and with those loved ones and yeah it kind of just like reminds me at least anyway to make sure that you know you got to check up on your people and the people's people you know you have to make sure that you can take every moment that you can to try and make the most of those memories because in essence we're going to be nostalgic about today way past tomorrow you know so yeah i think it's really important yeah all said man Oh, thanks. Yeah, happy times, right? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and now, and now we've got to shift gear. Like, you know, as as we do on our ear all the time, we just what? What was that tragedy? Nah, it's okay. You know, we 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 take these things and we move forward with them. So, yeah, thank you everybody for for listening. I'm gonna throw the throw the ball over to Richmond if anyone else doesn't have anything else to say about this. But yeah, we're gonna kick it into the outro portion. Outro music coming soon, right, Sean? Okay, let's get to it. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to uh, podcast number number 60, right? Wow, guys. We, we got a lot yep, of them yep. under our belts now. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us. Uh, I, and, you know, thank you guys for, for spending time with, with me. It's such a pleasure to, to be able to hang out and just, um, you know, have these uh, enjoyable uh, conversations. Just really just shoot the breeze every weekend uh so yeah really appreciate it um so if you're listening and you are enjoying this podcast uh you can follow along at arteater.com that's a-r-t-e-a-t-e-r.com uh you can catch up on all of our previous podcasts there uh, we also have uh, articles and um you know uh yeah if you if you enjoy reading there's lots lots of content on there too uh, about all sorts of stuff, uh, video games, art. Um, yeah. And, uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you want to keep up with the latest releases, uh, at art eater podcast, A R T E A T E R podcast, all one word there. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, shoot us, shoot us a line, let us know how we're doing. And, um, yeah, I'm your host Richmond. If you want to follow me, I'm, I'm, uh, constantly on Twitter <laughs> a little bit too much. Uh, you can follow me at Richmond Lee, R I C H M O N D underscore L E E. Um, yeah, uh, I'm always on there. Happy to talk about art and video games and just, uh, you know, beautiful, meaningful stuff. Um, I make video games for a living, run a company called Bidegg. Uh, we're, we're making, uh, uh, we, we develop our own games. We're making a game right now called uh, Zeka Tactics. It's a turn-based uh, mecha strategy game, very inspired by 80s and 90s anime. 
as well as uh, you know classic strategy games, as well as very recent ones. Uh, we we we, we want to try to innovate, offer uh, new stuff too. Uh, you can follow that on Twitter, or uh, really, you go go to the website Zecha Tactics, Z E C H A T A C T I C S, um, and uh, yeah, we're also on Twitter. Uh, check that out. Um, and yeah, just really happy to be here week after week. Everyone, please let let our listeners know uh, what you're up to, how they can follow along. Cool. I'm uh, Sean. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Dvorsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Um, during the day, I lead the design teams at NZXT. We're a PC gaming company, so I talk a lot about PC gaming. Uh, as of right now, I'm mostly focused on trying to finish uh, my book, which is about mobile design, so <laughs> may or may not be interesting, but that's mostly what I'm going to be doing over the next few months, so somewhat heads down on that. So I don't know how, how spicy my Twitter is going to be. It'll mostly just be, uh, be me complaining about Elden Ring um, <laughs> while I try to finish <laughs> that. So, uh, But uh, I, I also am continuing to do mentoring on adplist.org. So uh, if you are interested in getting into the gaming or design industry or just looking for someone to, uh, you know, bounce things off of or get, get help with, uh, you can uh, book mentorship sessions with me or any other design leaders, product leaders there. So, yeah, check it out. All right, everybody. This is James Stanley, your resident fighting game expert. And when he's not hitting buttons, he's doing uh, art direction, storyboards, character designs, uh, comics, uh, you name it. If it's cool, I'm probably drawing it. Um, I am actually currently working on my graphic novel project, which is part-time shuffle. Uh, I'm actually in the process of designing and editing and compiling everything. And hopefully that'll be out probably by summer. Uh, I'm also actually doing a Patreon. Uh, currently I've been doing, uh, monthly tutorials on, uh, how I actually approach illustrations. I approach design. Um, if they feel like that's something that maybe you can learn from, if you've seen my art before, if you haven't seen my art before, I post a lot of it, a lot of it on my Twitter, which you can actually follow me at, uh, beefy kunoichi. That's B double E F Y underscore K U N O I C H I. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of time. Time talking about a uh, is uh, in your your ballpark or what you would like to enjoy on the internet. Uh, you know, give me a shout out and uh, hope to see you there. Awesome! Listen, the whole team always kills it, but I just wanted to just express the big thanks on this one again because this was just such a a massive fun time i really really enjoyed it today but yeah anybody uh, sorry, uh, anybody anyway what's up everyone it's adam pleased to be on again as always it's your favorite game level designer pixel artist international taekwondo fighter and yeah it's always 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 great to be back with this crew so had a bunch of time had a bunch of fun times on here we got to talk about all these trailers if you would like to as well let us know what it is that your favorite trailers are we have a twitter page we've got all twitters individually too but also we have our main twitter our main podcast twitter that's at our podcast that's a-r-t 
E-A-T-E-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's at R-E-A-Podcast on Twitter. You can find us all there. But for me, this voice which you're hearing right now, you can find me on Twitter at AJ Mattis. That's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. So I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there, always retweeting and sharing lots of cool art and projects that I see. If anyone wants or needs anything pixel art related, by the way, I'm always open for work. That's been cool. Someone very recently just sent me a really cool, sweet message. I get some of these sometimes, but this one really stood out. So if you'd like to, you could just drop me a message. People do that. It's really sweet. It's really kind. Keep doing it. Thanks. But yeah, it's awesome. And I'm really glad that the podcast means so much to some people. Again, if you would like, we don't bite heads off. Just like hit us up on our Twitters. You can hit up the podcast page. If you'd like, even for example, if you want to, you know, give us something which you think that we should talk about, for example. I don't know. If you're intrigued, let us know. And, you know, as James said there, if it's cool, instead of drawing it, we will, you know, we'll be talking about it. So, yeah, I really had a great time with this one. It was awesome. If you'd like to get in touch with anything that I had to say, you can drop me a follow over there on Twitter at AJ Mattis. But, yeah, uh, take care. Stay safe out there. See you all next time. And yeah, peace. After music, after music, after music. Yeah. Later. Take, take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs>